Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Greetings, friends. Welcome to another episode of Countercharge. I am your host, Mike Rossi. And I'm your co-host, Rob Fanuff. Mike, welcome to the show. It's been a while. What's up, friends? How we doing? This has been a uh, an episode in the making for some time. You know, this was kind of your uh, your inspiration. Why don't you tell us what we're going to, we're going to do today? I made a donation to Jesse's charity as part of the um, last charity uh, tournament uh, that Keith Conroy and others ran. Like I don't know, like last year, like almost a year ago now. And uh, you know, I I I wanted to give back, so I I made the made the donation, and it just turns out that. I won myself a a, a co-host seat uh, on Countercharge for a day. No, no, no! You won yourself a host seat. This uh, well, is not, uh, this is not unplugged. I am not used to being. Yeah, we we give the, you the no. grand poobah seats. I feel, uh, I feel, but, but, I feel but, honored but and nervous. It's the same thing as even when we give you the good seat. We're not going to make you edit. See, <laughs> it's a double, double. It's a double win. That is amazing because I don't know how. <laughs> I, it's a little inside inside information for everybody for unplugged. I just show up, but anyway, so I. I'm here, and originally I was going to talk about, the plan was for me to talk about, as, as some of you guys may know, I, was, I wrote a novel for Wing Tassar Publishing, and the idea was I was going to take the, the episode as an opportunity to talk about the novel, about you know when it was supposed to come out. Well, with COVID and other things going on, uh, the, the release schedule from Wing Tassar has gotten a little wonky, or at least has been rearranged, you know, wonky from my perspective, but rearranged probably to the, be- to the uh, better. So I don't know exactly when... Uh, my book is going to come out now, but I'm hopeful, fingers crossed, that sometime in 2022. But I didn't want to wait another year before I came on and bothered Rob. So we're here today, right? Pray, really, I think just to talk like two old men. Two grumpy old men gaming. sitting around a pickle barrel. Pickle barrel? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you finished that because if just, you know, standing around a pickle, it's just weird. So, so, um, so yeah. So how, how, let's just start with something simple. How you been? Great. Uh, yeah. vacation. We were talking offline. I'm, I'm been on vacation since it's been two weeks. I, I got to finish this week and then I go back Monday. So oh, it's amazing. been very good. Got some hobby done. I got, I've gotten five games of Kings of War in what? since Monday, since Monday. Wow. Well, it's six if you count the demo game I gave last night. So yeah, I mean, it's been crazy and I'm going to get two more on Friday and probably two or three on Saturday. I have been playing more Kings of War than, than ever, which has been great. Right, That's it's awesome. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Right. Um, and I obviously get to spend time with my family and do hobby stuff and do stuff sure. around the house. But how about you? What have you been up to? You know, it's funny. I, um, you know, besides besides the holiday stuff, you know, which is pretty awesome. Really, I've, I've been putting a lot of energy into. Uh, we're doing a Kings Award demo day. So uh, let me back up a little bit. Our local store, we have a couple game stores in town, and for years they did not have enough gaming space to host more than two tables or one war game table of, uh, of something. Right. So it's impossible to have a demo. It was impossible to have, um, events. Um, but essentially what this, uh, one of our stories, zombie planet, they were able to, uh, rent out a warehouse. And so now they have an event space slash board game cafe that they have opened up. That's going live January 1st. Um, it's got, it's, you know, room for 16 war game tables. It has all kinds of room for card tables. It has 500 board games for you to play. It's got an in-house cafe. It's, it's pretty awesome. So we're able to, I've been setting up a uh, Kings of War demo day for the first weekend in January. I think January 8th, uh, here. 
And then the funny thing is after I set it up, I got, I have to go to a transportation research conference down in DC and my, uh, I'm, I'm making a presentation and I was told recently that my presentation has been moved up to Sunday morning. So I have to leave on Saturday. So now that I set up the demo day, I just turned off to the rest of the Shambling Horde and say, can you guys run this for me? I got to go, uh, which is pretty irresponsible and awful of me, right? But besides that, the big announcement is we are going to be holding in Albany the Dead of Winter Kings of War GT. It'll be the last weekend in February at that event space. So it'll be. Oh, the- that's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's it's 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 good to see more stewards of the community stepping up and running events. So yeah, it's it's you guys. It's, it's been a long time coming for you guys. It has been actually. I mean, it, it's funny because I've been the community rep for the Northeast Kings of War Masters, but I have never run an event more than just let's do a one day or over at the store. And those are simple because you just track everything with a piece of paper, right? So now it's getting the software, getting the rubrics, getting the the scenarios, getting the player pack. It's it's uh. And I have a great team of TOs up here in the Northeast that I'm that man, I am relying on, you know. Please send me you, your you, stuff. You're living in a world of riches up there. I mean, it totally, right? I, and Corey's. So it's 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 good stuff. But anyway, so that's that's what I've been putting a lot of my hobby mojo into. I do anything to not paint. So instead I'll just run an event, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey man, whatever gets you whatever whatever gets you across, you know. Right. Uh so what have you been you've been seeing television, movies, <clears throat> anything like that on your on your radar? Yeah, so uh, I think I unlike let's say anybody listens to to our podcast, we do a lot of um, we do a lot of pop culture stuff, and usually what'll happen is uh, Greg, Jake, and I will have recommendations, and John will will ask what Star Wars is, right? So, you know, he's just so outside the zeitgeist. <laughs> oh for, my gosh, he's right? almost like counterculture. He's it's like, so okay. ridiculous, right? Except for he doesn't mean to it. It just is the. It's just how he's wired. It's it's pretty great. Anyway, just to back up, so I've been watching a lot of uh, I've been watching the new Hawkeye. Uh, just got done with the new Wheel of Time um, series. That, if you don't mind it deviating from the books, I I think it's good. I think it's pretty. So good. you you liked it? Yeah, I did actually. I it's uh, I understand the creative changes they made and and why they did it. I mean, when you trans when you translate a fourteen book uh, saga over to TV, there's some stuff that you have to do in order to make it so you get hooked in the beginning. And you know, it's it's. Yeah. It, but it, I thought it was good. I haven't actually seen it, but one of the criticisms that I've that I've heard a couple times is that it feels like. And it's just oh, what I've heard yeah, yeah. Uh, is that that the show feels like it's running out of money towards the end. Like when the special effects were really good at the beginning, they sort of tapered off. And I don't, I don't, don't know, you know, what, what your, what's your take on it? Did it uh, feel like a consistent show from it, beginning it, to end? It, why, it, it's funny because I think the last two, there's, there's eight episodes, eight episodes. Anyway, the last two episodes are, there's a different feel to them compared to the rest of the show. And I think, a big part of that is one was pre and the other one was post. The other two were done post COVID. Right. So everybody goes home and they bring them back and it's like, okay, we got to wrap this up for the, for the year is my take on it. Like, for example, I know that the actor that plays Matt, who is one of my favorite characters from the wheel of time series. Um, he did not come back post COVID to finish, to finish, um, finish recording. Right. So in that instance, you spend the, you know, you, you follow this character and it's the last, it's the season finale. And one of the main characters isn't there. So that felt awkward. Right. And you know? I guess they'll, re- they'll replace him with someone else in the show going forward. Yeah. In this one, they just wrote him out, basically. Es- just, yeah, essentially, yeah, right? For it was, the last it was, two episodes. Yeah, it was know? weird, right? And the, I, I guess the guy who plays the bard in The Witcher is going to play Matt. So that could be good, right? I don't know. It depends on, it, you know, I, I don't see Matt as, as dandy as that character, you know? So hopefully he's, yeah. the guy's a good actor. I, I would imagine he yeah. would be, right? But yeah, so I mean that's the, that's what I've been watching. I've been doing a lot of podcast listening and stuff like that too. But 
How about you? What are you what are you watching? Spider-Man. Have you seen the new Spider-Man? Dude, the new Spider-Man is amazing. <laughs> I had this conversation with someone, you know, a couple people over the last couple weeks. Right, which is and and it's and it stands true for Spider Man and it stands true for Ghostbusters. It's refreshing when 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 a studio just gives you the fan service that the fans want. This is what we think you want. Right here it is. Right here it is tenfold. Right, yeah. and it's just they double down on my so, God. Spider Man was just so amazing, so awesome, and yeah, pun intended. Right, it was it was awesome, and it was. Uh, it, how do you talk about it without giving it all up? Anyway, no, if you I haven't mean, seen it, go see it, dude. It go see like, it, right? It's yeah. just I just saw it yesterday, so it's fresh. But for for yeah. me, like I think it's probably it's definitely the the best Spider Man movie I've ever seen. Yeah, because it's it's the amalgamation of of of, everything. of, of yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it also I actually think is one of the top three Marvel movies. Agreed. And which yeah. which is funny because it's not a Marvel movie, right? It's a Sony movie, right? So it's not even right. part of the MC, not even part of the MCU. They have made great strides since Venom and Carnage to to, mm-hmm. uh, to move it in that direction. So if you haven't seen it, please go see it. And then the last thing I watched yesterday, the Book of Boba. Have, so did, I, I I watched the first fifteen minutes of that before I had to go teach karate. So like I I squeezed it in. I was like, this looks awesome. And then I had to run in there. Like, yeah. Know, well, I won't spoil it, but it is awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, Give me what I want. I want Boba Fett. We know he fell in a Sarlacc pit. Show me how he gets out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, give me what I want. Oh, so um, rather awesome. than, you know, look, I like movies that sometimes like subvert my expectations, but sometimes I just want a chocolate cake. <laughs> right? <laughs> so sometimes true. I just want chocolate cake. Right? Exactly. And just give me a chocolate. And, and, and both, I don't know if you saw the Ghostbusters movie, but Ghostbusters Afterlife did the same yeah. thing. Where it, it's a new story with new, you know, the lead character is mm-hmm. a girl and it's a completely different story. But they play. They had the right notes to make it tie it all back to what came before. Oh, good. Like it. It doesn't it doesn't throw away its history, right? Does that make sense? It does actually. Uh, yeah. So you, you know, you, it, you built it on a foundation of story, and the characters are good. And why would you? I, the problem with reboots, I think, is that either you miss the point of the original, and so it looks the same. It's just different characters in the same costumes, right? And you're like, I guess. But yeah. like, I mean, to to bring it back, this the new Spider Man movie. If you're gonna pull in all of that spider movie Spider-Man lore, this was the way to do it exactly. because it paid homage to all the other stuff beforehand and 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 was true to those characters, right? Very literally, cool. yeah, yeah, exactly, totally. exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. So now is a great time to be a nerd. Like if you, if you like <laughs> it's pretty uh, awesome. podcasts and comic books and and movies and TV right? shows. And I, I watched the trailer for the new Obi Wan show. I mean. Yeah, come buddy. on, dude. Come on, come on dude. Right. I'm a Ewan McGregor fan through and through. Sure. Before he was part of Star Wars, and just him and Hayden biting again. I mean, come on. Ten years after Revenge of the Sith, right? Bring it it's on, dude. So I mean, good. that's chocolate cake, right? With extra chocolate on top. <laughs> and I'm just, just you know, so good. So uh, that being said, so talking about having it good now, right? So yeah. you're a man of a certain age, right? Yes. I mean, I'm 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 47. Right? I am 40. I have to think about this. I was born in 73. <laughs> okay. So, so I just had a birthday. So I'm a, I'm 48. 48, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I was born in 74. So, yeah. Right. So, you know, so you remember you're young and, yeah. uh, right. So what, when you were, when you were searching that stuff out, like when did you come into your nerdery? Yeah. My nerdery is, uh, I mean, I remember seeing the first Star Wars with my cousin, Cindy and my dad. Right. And like, just being like completely blown away. And I would say, like, I don't have like a stream of consciousness like that's continuous, but I have points. Yeah, like, of and then I also remember like my cousin Peter going, "We're going to go see a movie. It's called Empire Strikes Back." Didn't know it was connected to Star Wars, right? Oh, are you kidding me? No, I didn't. Oh, you know, like, I'm, awesome. I'm like, I'm like, you know, and that was it, 1980. 
So I'm seven. I didn't, right. you know, I wasn't reading the paper. I didn't know this was a sequel. And then I'm like, as a seven year old, I'm like, holy, <laughs> this is connected yeah. to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, oh my god. I think in, in general, like any sci fi fantasy thing, I've been, I've been hooked. Right. You sure. know, I mean, from a, early age reading Tolkien, you know, to right? you know, uh, you know, all the way up to now, Harry Potter movies sure. and stuff. I, I mean, I just like nerd stuff, comic books. Yeah, dude. If you if you jump back, like I remember going to see Empire in the theater, and I hadn't seen Star Wars yet because I missed. Oh, I had missed Star Wars. But, but remember, I, it came out in seventy seven, and then was re released in seventy nine. Yeah, no. So, like you was, had two chances to see, buddy, it, Star Wars, when, man. When, I saw it both times, man. Come on. It's just you, listen. We're not talking about nerd cred, all right? So what I'm, but when you're young, you're at the mercy of your parents. Yeah. So my dad was like, I don't know what the Star Wars. Is what is this? Who cares, right? And then yeah. once he realized he went to work, and everybody was like, "Did you see Star Wars?" And he's sitting there saying, "No." When Empire came around, he goes, "Well, I'm going to take you to go see Empire." So I saw right. Empire in the theater without having seen Star Wars because you can't, right? If you miss it, you miss it. And then I remember watching Star Wars as one of the first movies I watched on home box office on HBO when that first came out. That was awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, "Oh, it all makes sense. That was so cool, right?" Like, so you know, the, it's it it's the it's the difference in the upbringing. My mom was. My mom was, um, she was right. We, I was raised Catholic. She was raised Catholic. And then she, she, um, fundamentalist, uh, religious. Right. And so essentially fundamentalist Christian. And so there was no Satan in the house. And so any of that stuff might've smelled of Satan. And that was the end of that. Right. Which is a shame, yeah, but it you is know. a shame. So my, my dad was, my dad was a bit different, a little bit different than yours. Like he didn't really want to see the movies. Like he, he would like them, but like, you know, if they were like, if they had beats that were like, oh, it brings me back to my history, like uh, or my childhood, like Greece or something, right? That would be fine. But like, but my dad was just like, let's just go see a movie. What do you want to see? And I'd be like, Flash Gordon. Let's go see that. Oh. He had no interest in seeing Flash Gordon. <laughs> no. He was happy to sit next to me and sleep. Oh, what a Which pal! Right? right, you know, vacation, whatever, whatever I wanted to see. Like we would yeah, go yeah, see yeah. it, and he would just he would sit in the chair and probably fall asleep. And ironically, that's me now. Yeah, you know, well, that's nine o'clock at night. We're trying are. to watch a movie. Uh, I was always like, "Dude, you're snoring." <laughs> yes, I'm exhausted. It's adulting is hard, and it adulting never ends, is hard. Right? What are we doing? Yeah, right? Star Wars was me. Was probably like my entry point to just, you know. And then you get the toys, right? You get the toys, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're right. like, pew, pew, and you're oh. running around, you know, in the snow, and you're building, you know, you're recreating the Battle of Hoth. Yes, you are. Oh, it's amazing, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, maybe let's turn let's let's look at it from a from from the lens of gaming. Okay. You know, what is your thought? You know, wh what's your gaming origin story? We, you've got your nerd cred there, but I how guess. does it parallel and overlap? Yeah. So the gaming so story. That's that's an excellent. So there's gaming and then there's gaming, right? So I my first brush against besides like board games because remember back in like the early '80s, board games stunk. They you know they'd, they they did, but we didn't know it. You right? didn't know any better, right? right? Okay, so like we're like, oh, we're gonna play Risk. <laughs> Risk we're gonna play Axis Allies. Yeah. Right. Like in in Axis Allies. I still have a little affinity there, sure. but I will admit, I you know I I play Risk, but you got to acknowledge it's a game. It's <laughs> it's a it's an awful game, but at the time you're like, this is totally amazing. And then I remember having access and allies and being like, this is a quantum leap forward. I feel like a general. This is amazing, right? It was in, in comparison to Stratego or something like that, right. right? My first brush against like role playing. So I was, uh, I had lived in Philly until uh, I was about 10 and a half. We moved up here to um, Albany and I was 11 and I got invited to a friend's birthday or I had a, I had a birthday party. So I go to the birthday party and um, one of my new friends 
hands me a gift and I open the gift. It is the red box for Dungeons and Dragons, right? Back when that was right. And so I was like, this is awesome. And I said, I don't know what this is. And he goes, well, it's, it's a, it's a game. You play with your friends You make the story up together. It's pretty cool. I said, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Right. 11. So I get home and my mom then explains to me that we can't keep this box in the house. It's got a devil on the cover. It would make Jesus cry. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So I, then she made me give it back. She made me walk to the kid's house and give it back to him. So remember, I've been in town now for four months. I'm trying to make friends. And uh, I have to go back and go, your it, gift is not satisfactory for Jesus. Please take this back. Did, oh, was there any part the of you worst. thinking like I should just hide it and say I gave it back? It, there is no hiding things from my – there was none. No matter what I tried to get okay. away with. Until about 15, 14, I would try and eventually just the lies would fall apart and I would get caught. So there was no way to keep that thing. And it was such a it, – uh, it just – and then because it's forbidden fruit, then all I did was go to the library. I would go to the library and be like, mm-hmm. do you have books about this? And the li- librarian was like, yes, we have this thing called Dragon Magazine. And so I would take them out and read those in the library because I couldn't take them home. Right. That, that was the first enticing thing. I'm like, well, if this is forbidden, then it must be awesome. Right. And then at the same time, I'm trying to get into comic books and you can't buy comic books down in down in Philly. They're at the, uh, all the corner stores. will have them like in the rack. If you're lucky, they'll be. Mm-hmm. I move up here and there's I couldn't walk anywhere. I was used to walking the streets and going where I was going. I come up here and there's really no option to do so, right? I live in this development in the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of trees. It's really nice. Um, So I remember finding like the farmer's market and we would go to like the swap meet and I would go and there'd be a guy there that would sell comic books. You'd have to find that dude out, right? And it's just because it was forbidden, I then hunted it, right? And it it was something that I was certainly shooting for, you know? So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Right. And then I got into actual tabletop wargaming uh, in college um, where I started with uh, Epic Space Marine was the first tabletop war game I played with right. the minis. Right. I, before that, I did a buddy of mine. had bought like a couple of Reaper minis for his D&D game. And mm-hmm. so I had painted a couple of those like a ninja or some shit. And then I went, wow, you can play a game with this, like a legitimate like tactical war game. Cool. I'm in. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I got into that. And then a year later, it was Warhammer Fantasy and. That was 95, and I've been playing that. And the rest is history, as they yeah, say, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, then it's like, once you get the ranks and flanks bug, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's done, right? You're, I mean, you're, you're over 40K, right? It's funny you, it's funny you mentioned X and Allies. You know, that was probably the first game I remember playing. Uh, and then we, and, and I was playing with a group of older people that were really hardcore into the stuff. And like, there was like these, I don't even know if they were legal, but like, you would go to the hobby shop and get like these bag attachments for axis now as so now we're okay. playing with the french and we're playing with the chinese and we're sure. playing with a big map <laughs> and i'm like right all right cool all right that's cool i'll play game mechanics are the same let's I go i can right? wave a white flag you know <laughs> um, rude <laughs> but uh you know but it was it was you know it, it just sort of opened my eyes that like there's like this wider thing and then eventually we played have you ever played federation empire part no. of the, the starfleet battles so it's basically a hex grid thing and you got all these empires and they're it's a chip based you know, it, it probably oh, ruined boy. me for all chip-based games to be, you know, that's probably why I don't like Squad Leader. and Sure, that. right, yeah. Because, I mean, there was, like, chits upon chits upon chits, but oh. it's flying ships around and rolling dice. And, yeah. But, yeah, and then, uh, you know, my, my tabletop was probably a little bit different. I didn't find Warhammer Fantasy for a little while. 
because I, I lived in Lansing, Michigan, which which was a small town. Yeah. And it was, well, a small town. It's, it's the capital of Michigan and it has Michigan State there, but it's not New York City. It's not right. Philadelphia, right? Right. So, right. And, and I'm in the suburbs, right? You know, yeah. and obviously I have a friend circle that wasn't playing Warhammer. Makes a big so difference I, too, right? Yeah, it makes a big difference. Same, with, same, same thing with role playing, right? Like, you know, role playing, I, I, it never was a thing for me because it was never, it was never accessible. Like sure. No one ever gave me a, a red starter box or no one ever said, right. Hey, let's play. I, I totally would. Yeah. I totally would have, you know, and I, and I know I would have because of all the like video game RPGs that I play and all, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, dude. totally I'm into that, but like growing up, that was not part of it. But the game that got me into tabletop was there was a star Wars game called star Wars miniature battles. And it was made by West End games. Okay. And I think it was written by Bob Crane. We're talking like 1990. Sure. Uh, 91, maybe. They made Star Wars miniatures. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. Little Light Stormtroopers? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, the, the, the best part was like, it made me learn life skills. I, I heard on a, an internet somewhere, like, well, a fledgling internet, I don't know, like a news group that, yes. oh my God, Disneyland had these miniatures, but they blew them out. They clearanced them and they sold them to this store in El Cajon, California. Okay. And you can call there. <laughs> you know, wow. you can get like a super discount. Right. So, and I had to like get a checking account. It was great. Oh Anyways, my god! Right, life skills from that. It is, but the yeah. Stuff so, you do, right, to, stuff to you do, man. Dragon, yeah. So I ended up playing. I didn't really play. I just bought the miniatures and I painted and I painted and I painted. This was like early college, and then I got out of college and moved to California and moved to Southern California. And there's a great store there called Brooker's Hobbies, which okay. is fantastic. And I went there. And nobody wanted to play that game. Oh, so like I had all the models and everything, but like, nah, man. we don't play Star Wars here. We play Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Ah. Right? And then I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, wait, this is like The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tolkien. Oh, I can be what else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can have my shimmering cloaks. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, <laughs> I'm doing that. That's happening. I'm doing that. Right. Yeah, so, and then that was me, you know, like at that point, this was, but it sounds like I was a little bit later to the game. It was the fifth edition. So you were probably third or fourth edition, I assume. Uh, yeah, I think it was fourth. It was well, it was the box with the elves and the goblins. And yeah, so a, the fourth edition. So, yeah, and my, yep. mine was the Lizardman and the Bretonian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was, yep. So yeah, I was uh, I was a thing before, and, and I was I, hooked. Yeah, yeah. Once I mean, once you're in, I remember playing that and being like, "This game is actually really cool. This is really super interesting, yeah. right?" And then I've been you know hooked ever since. Right? It's crazy. So jumping back, role play. Yeah. So you've never done any tabletop role playing? Never. Not not not. Never. Well, I should say that I'm sure I've have played. Like at Gen Con or something, one of my friends was like, "Hey, we're just gonna do a one-off." Yeah, Let's yeah. Just do one thing. So I've done a little bit, but not like I'm joining a group and we're having a set. Nope, never. Really? Nope. Really. Someone's at the door. Password. So good. Look who's finally up. <laughs> it's it's vacation. I was up super late last night. I'm sorry. It's That's okay. Right. So right. So Jeremy, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay. We were just talking about role playing. What have you do you do you do you role play? Yes. Okay. And so do you have a set role playing group that you that you game with all the time? <laughs> yes. I think that uh, uh the the pandemic was hard, right? You know, hard and good in that our group has people from all over the place. So uh, we do more role play through like, um, you know, role uh, like D twenty. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So you, you guys roll twenty in Discord. Yeah, and, and do it exactly, like that. It, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's what we were doing too. It's it's not it's not the best, but it's pretty good. It's funny because I I've been role playing uh, with the same group since 
college. Wow. Every almost every week, you know, every other every every other week, every week for now 20 something years. And so when we rotate game masters and we played all kinds of different campaigns, it's it's been pretty awesome. It's been pretty awesome. And it's funny because I kind of I was talking to John and Jake about this. And they were like, dude, you take that for granted. We don't have that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have that? Like, how do you just not have the same group of friends that do the same thing with you all the time? Right. But nope, it's it's not a thing, I guess. So I have one buddy who uh, was in my role playing group in middle school and we still game together. So I've had that's awesome. Yeah. So I've kept sort of one buddy. Um, and we and we do role play too, but we still like paint and do. He play he plays kings sometimes and stuff. Yeah. So so I have the the one friend who uh, you know was there with you. You know you were talking about the uh, high elf and goblin box. So yeah. he, he's the friend who was at my birthday party when I got that box when it was brand new. You know what oh, I mean? That was, yeah, buddy. That was that was my first Warhammer Fantasy box, or like Warhammer Fantasy Two was that that box set. Cardboard Eltharian in there. It's mm-hmm. nice. Yes, right. yes, and uh, plenty of uh, high elf and night goblin spears to step on in the middle of the night. That's so, right. Yeah, it's funny though on how um, how lucky because I feel that gratitude or that luck that or that that joy that you feel too, and being able to say, "Oh my gosh, I have these friends yeah. who I've games with my whole life." Because a lot of people don't have that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Right. And it's, it's, we actually now, I mean, as we get older, I find that we're pretty, not only do we enjoy the gaming, but there is something to be said for like, we haven't, listen, man, I have an excuse to talk to these guys every two weeks. I can't lose track of them. It's because sometimes with friendships, like life gets in the way and you're like, wow, it's been about four months since I talked to this person. I should probably give them a call. That doesn't happen. Right. But I always get a chance, an opportunity to catch up. You know, yeah. what I found is there's certain friends in my life that when they've adulted, and they've had kids and got married. They've made the choice either through themselves or through them and their partner. They made the choice that in their life, there's no, there isn't room anymore for gaming. Oof. And it's like, I can't, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't feel so bad for them. But then I have other friends who have said, okay, I have kids and a family and gaming still going to be a part of my life and my, and my partners like uh, uh, accepting and, and, and positive and like promoting that. So yeah. that's pretty much what I've seen as I've seen some gaming friends keep it gaming in their lives. And some I've seen them choose to give it up for other things. Sure. Right. I can totally, I can totally respect that. Right. I mean, if for, for example, like if you just to, to piggyback on that idea, you guys are into other stuff, right? Yeah. Right. So like, like such as, cause now I'm going to interview you, you guys a little bit. So like such as what, what else are you into besides gaming? Like if you took gaming away, what would be the thing that would fill? What other thing you do would fill the void? For me, it would probably be like comic books next, and yep. then maybe video games after that. But probably comics is like I, I collect comics, and that takes up like a big chunk of my hobby time when I'm not sure. painting. Right, it it feeds the passion. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's something to be said for the hunt. Am I correct in saying that? Oh yeah, uh, and Rob can speak to this too because I know he <laughs> loves collecting. Uh, uh, he's really in the a- yeah, action yeah. figures right now. Yeah, I love just at work. Being like, okay, I got to find, you know, I'm looking for my Hulk 181. Okay, I want it in the 5.0. Let me start looking around. Okay, this one looks nice, but the corners are a little too rare for me. How (laughs) The page are are off-white the cream, and I really want white pages, so let me keep looking. And it helps helps me get through my day and that I can take these little mental vacations and think about these other stuff. Sure, right? That's, That's pretty awesome. It's Rob here, and I can confirm that Jeremy did pick up his Hulk 181, with a 4.5 grade. And then Rob, what, what else do you, what else would you be into? What, what is your other thing that you would do? 
Yeah, right. I mean, I, I've had breaks from tabletop wargaming over the 30 years or whatever. So, and, and spend basically video games and RC cars. So, I imagine it would be that. Sure. You know, in, so, in some some mix. Right. R- RC cars. So, you, RC you, cars. You, you yeah. build them all together. You put the, you put the engines exactly. together. Exactly. Uh, when I was in California, like, it was a huge thing, right? Like, I mean, there are so many people there. All the companies were there. The Tons of tracks. So, pretty much like two, di- two days a week, we would go when we would race. You know, I was doing mostly electric on road. Um, oh, that's just, pretty awesome. You just, you know, uh, well, it is, and then and then you realize how much you know, you know, you, you think about like how expensive tabletop is or can be, right? Yeah. When you're building a whole army, but you know, every hobby is expensive. <laughs> but RC <laughs> cars are very expensive because yes. every time you crash, every time you got to rebuild, you know, it's like you know, a lot of wear parts. You know, at least with like, unless you drop your army, you don't have to repair a lot of stuff. That's true. Yeah. Right? Uh, so and video games can be just addictive because all the dlc and you know i i have a you know one thing i definitely wouldn't get back into is the massively multiplayer role-playing games nope. i have done star wars and i've done world of warcraft and i am ocd to the point where i lose all sense of uh balance yeah. and i lose where i am in the world like yeah that's a drug that i'm not i'm not looking to get yeah back it's like to. it's got a decade of my life and that's as much as it's gonna get from me you know mm, what i mean God. um <laughs> and it's just like we, we we joke about this, but you know, I'm 41. I know Rob's a couple years older than me, and then Rossi, you're we're we're all in our 40s, right? Yes. Um, right. There is, I mean, I say it as like a joke, but really, there is a certain amount of time left in my life where I can still paint, where I can still think yeah. strategically, where I still have a mind. You know, so to me, it's like, do I want to spend that time playing video games, or do I want to spend what time I have left in my intellectual prime? doing something right a little bit more yeah engaging so that's kind of what it came down to me is it's just just a time thing i don't have time to invest in online games just because like rob if you're going to do something you do it right and then that means you're playing so many hours a day and in the end it's like i can't put my warcraft characters in my figure case and be like oh that's can't you know what i mean there's like well at the end of the day there's you have something tangible coming out of the tabletop wargaming space you have something on your shelf yeah, and something to physically show for it. Whereas in you know, oh look at this pretty outfit that I won yeah. on the loot drop. Yeah, nobody cares, right? It's funny. I I, I dealt with a. Uh, I played WoW, and before that, I was playing like. So I get out of college, and you know, I'm single, and I have nothing else to do besides drink beer and play video games. And so it was a lot of like Diablo. It was a lot of, like I would wake up and I would go, oh, I don't feel like going into work today. You know, I work at a consulting firm, and I'd be like, I call in sick, I got a, got a headache, and I would start fire up the computer and then the sun would go across the wall and then i would go holy shit, it's nine o'clock it's seven o'clock at night i haven't eaten like the day would just be gone right i would just lose myself and click 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 kill 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 right and then when we started playing like everquest and wow you jump in with all your friends to play it and then i found like with wow i was playing i would wake up an extra half hour early so i can get a half hour of gaming in before i went to work then we go to work and come back. And then there was like this 20 minute period before my wife would come home. So I'd play then. And then we would eat dinner. And then I would sit down at the computer, which was near the couch. And I would play while she watched TV. It was, <laughs> I was just, it was awful. It was mm-hmm. awful. I was totally addicted to playing. Wow. And I had to get out of there. Right. And so when, when, uh, when we, when we, when we were pregnant, when I say we, when, you know, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I quit cold Turkey. I'm usually not pretty addicted. I'm not addicted to other stuff. Like I, I like a bourbon. You're right. I smoked a little bit in college and I stopped just stopped. I didn't feel like doing it anymore. The stuff doesn't have a hold on me. That totally has a hold on me. Right. That is, that is, so I don't play, I don't play hardly any video games anymore uh, on a console at all. 
right? Because I know that once I start doing that, it's like, and this is all I'm going to do, right? And so I, I, I have to shy away from that. You know, I don't have, I think it goes back to what you're saying before. It's like, you want to do it, you're going to do it, you're going to do it right. So if I'm going to do, do this, then I have to put in the time to be really good at it and, you know, et cetera. And that's not compatible. I can't be good at that and also be, you know, a teacher at the dojo and also, you know, be excellent at these other things. I can't do that. There's enough bandwidth, you know, Absolutely. sadly, you know, that being said, I'll start the conversation with this. Okay. The three of us are known, two of you more so than me, but we are known within the Kings of War community. You're also a big deal, Mike. I stop. All right. So, right. Um, only because I'm only because I'm loud. But you guys, I mean, you guys are known far and wide, right? What is, in your opinion, what is the best thing about the community? Right. We are we are embedded in in the Kings of War community now. Warhammer where Warhammer dies, right? And you look at, you know, I'm I'm gonna ask you guys, I'll ask you that I'll ask it this way. I think it's the best way to ask it. Warhammer dies, the eighth, you know, the old world's gone. You're sitting there in the ashes of it. Kings of War is a thing. You're like, well, I think we could play this. Why would you continue doing a podcast? Why would you continue to do content creation around this new thing? And you don't know whether or not anyone else is going to cotton up to it. Like what, what was that transition like for you guys? Well, I probably have a different story than you guys, because I was already playing Kings of War before Warhammer died. Sure. And and we already had a podcast for both Warhammer and Kings of War romantic games. Yeah. So it was like, for me, it was just like, we were already well-informed that Warhammer was going to die. And I know personally, I went to all these tournaments and when we had the end times, yeah, they literally did kill the game, right? Like they did like jump the shark, right? Like I I remember going to a tournament where I had my dwarf army and this elvish prince on this magical dragon, he killed my whole army and I didn't do anything back. And it was like, that's just, that's just one symptom. But like, that's like a, you know, a symptom of a bigger, bigger problem, which is that when they wanted to kill it, they did something that was really interesting. They made me hate Warhammer. Yes. <laughs> like, like the, the rule set, like I still love the lore, but like the rule set, I was like, this sucks. No, because it was completely unbalanced. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like, you just have to get a bigger gun or a bigger knife and you're just as a arms race. And so after like the God, I guess the end times was a couple years. And yeah. you know, after a couple years of that, I was just, I was just done with it. So I was like, when they actually killed Warhammer fantasy and brought on AOS in, uh, 2015 you know at that point i already been playing kings of war for three or four years played in a few tournaments i was sure. like well we're just gonna we're just gonna pivot uh and we're gonna keep playing that and you know at that point i was in obviously it was in memphis i mean i'm here so and we didn't really have a gaming store so i didn't really have a local scene you know we we did play at the okay. bunker occasionally yeah, yeah, yeah. fancy yeah. but like it, it wasn't like i had you know to shepherd a bunch of people you know what i mean it was like I see. It was sort of yeah. like it was my own decision like all right i'm going to play kings of war and then i would just tell the other people locally well i'm this is what i'm playing we have a podcast you want to keep going this is this is this is the this is the what this is the game that'll keep it rolling for you if you want right. to and right. it just sort of organically grew i don't know what what you know maybe walk us through what what's for for, for you uh rossi so so the with me you know, so I was, I was, I was heavy into the Warhammer community and then, you know, I was just a tournament regular and, you know, always just outside of the masters looking in, you know, I was one of those dudes. Um, and then, so when, when, when Warhammer died, thank God it died, by the way, it's like an abusive relationship. And it's like, you know, it, you didn't know at the time though, right. But I, looking back, I, well, I, I knew it, I knew it wasn't good, but I also right. was like, there's nothing else to play. So this is the game. Because like you said before, it's like you play Star Wars and you show up and everybody's like, we don't play that here. And you're like, well, I guess I don't play that now. 
Like you, there's a social thing. Like you need to have a community of five or six guys to play with. And if they're all playing something else, you play what they play. There's a gravity to it. Right. So, you know, so that, so that ends. And then the Kings of War thing starts up. And I, I remember the masters people were like, you know, we're, so the masters is a thing and we need a rep. And you're one of the guys who was interested in helping with the Warhammer one before it died. So do you want to do that? Or I remember Jerry Personally, Parsley yeah. Yeah, from, from North Carolina, from North right? Carolina had, yeah. had reached out to me during the last years of Warhammer being mm-hmm. like, everybody's bailing. Do you want to do this? And I said, I guess so. Right. And then when that left, I was left, I was left holding the bag. And then this new master's concept came up for Kings of war. And I was like, well, I guess I'm already here now. I'm friends with these guys. Cause I've been doing this as the same players as, as Warhammer Northeast scene. They, we, we transported over, relatively cleanly people played aos twice went this thing sucks and that was the end of that right and then we splintered into other stuff uh depending on where you were john vanaz ran the, he took a big uh, a big uh a big risk because before that he was running the unplugged gt which had like 70 80 people at it and he was like i'm doing kings of war i'm not doing multiple uh game game uh systems we're doing one i'm gonna see if i can pull it off Right. And he had, I think, like 42 people. So about half of his numbers, he just barely, I think he lost a couple hundred bucks. Right. But he was like, this is going to be good for the community. I'm putting a plant, I'm putting a flag in the ground. This is what we're doing. And after that, other, everyone else kind of followed suit. Right. And a credit to him for having the guts to do that. Cause it, to be a TO, you got to outlay all the money. Right. He was getting a ballroom and the food and all this, all this other stuff and the trophies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I hope this works. Right. I'm like, yeah. Right. I mean, I, it, it it takes a lot of guts. So anyway, so I was left kind of holding the bag for that. But then I was like, okay, well, I'll just do what I normally do at work. And I'll just ask everybody's opinion and I'll just do it. Right. So uh, this is how I'm going to do scoring. What do you guys think? Right. This is how I want to do. This is how we're going to do events. What do you guys think? And uh, that first Masters, I think we sent out of the Northeast, we sent four players and we had to get four Mercs. Right. Just, I couldn't mm-hmm. get, I couldn't get the buy-in and we came back. And it was um, Corey, Greg, if I remember correctly, it was Corey, Greg, John, and I, uh, and not Corey Reynolds, but Corey uh, Walliser. Mm-hmm. And we came back, we're like, it's awesome. You got to be mm-hmm. there. Let's go. And the next thing you know, we were able to have eight, 10, 15 guys. Now I got, you know, people just knocking on the door asking to be mercs. I mean, we got people that are going to go just to get drinks for other people. Just to go like, play the best of the rest. Yeah, hang like, out. Who mm-hmm. cares? Right. So, but it's, it's to watch that growth. Now, before that, I wasn't part of the, the media scene either. Right. I had been asked to be on one of the tournament recap episodes of Unplugged. And so I came on and I shot the shot the breeze. It was after I think that first the first unplugged where we did all Kings of War, because I came in second and I was available. So I came on, I talked about my games, we shot the breeze. And then uh Jake was like, That was pretty cool. You want to do it again? I said, sure. And then I just kind of like kept coming, expect constant. I still expect you just kept showing up. So they never told you to go home. (laughs) I'm telling you, like I I still expect Jake to be like, not this time, Mike, we're done with you. Like I'm waiting to be fired all the time. Every time I show up, I'm like, I really don't. I just so much imposter syndrome. Like I don't really belong. Eventually I'll be found out, you know, but yeah. So that's for me, it was real natural. Like there wasn't really a lot of decision-making, but the time I knew I was doing it, I was doing it. Right. It was one of those things where I was just like, I guess I'll, I guess I'm doing this now. So I better learn how to do it. Not a lot of conscious decision-making in that story, but thank God, because it's given me so much. Sometimes things happen in your life in an organic way where it's not something that you necessarily plan out to do. I know, you know, for me in that the summer of Sigmar, 
I was uh, working. I was, <laughs> that's a, uh, okay. That's that's a new one. I hadn't heard. It's amazing. Of like it. Yeah, so it's the summer of Sigmar. So basically, the 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 summer that Warhammer died and Age of Sigmar was released. So right before that, I was I was working at Intel. I was finishing grad school. I was still in the wake of a, a, a relationship ending that was abusive and horrible. And I was mm. trying to I was trying to find what are the things in my life that don't have to do deal with my ex-girlfriend that brought me joy. So I was like thinking about to, to when I was a kid and I was like, oh man, Warhammer was so much fun. I loved miniatures. Let me maybe think about getting back into this. So I was starting to look at like, you know, Warhammer fantasy and I was like, oh, what's this end times thing? This sounds kind of interesting. And then like a couple weeks later, oh. it exploded. And then I was like, well, you know, and we tried playing Age of Sigmar and this was in the early days and I hate to poo-poo other people's games, but just that first sort of, take on sigmar was just not for me yeah um and not for my one buddy that i still played games with the one that i mentioned before jesse so i was like i don't know you know and i was listening to independent characters which was a 40k podcast and they were talking about kings of wars maybe being like a uh something to do with a, a a possible thing to do you know that's similar to like warhammer fantasy was and at my job i had a lot of time deal i like i i was kind of in it basically so i had a lot of uh, headphones time during my job so i listened to a lot of podcasts yeah so i was like okay well let me see if there's any kings of war podcasts and then that's when i found rob and andy and mark just their early first couple episodes and i was like oh this is this is cool and then i started listening and then um, I met Rob during one of the Army in a Weekend challenges. And then I start, I, I sort of just was like, hey, you know, you guys should do kind of like a, a take on Inside the Actor Studio, but instead do it with like list builders. And it can be like a spoof on Inside the Actor Studio, but we can call it the list builder studio. Yeah. And then Rob you know, found it in, in a turtleneck, in a mock turtleneck. That's what yeah, I say, right? <laughs> I, thought would, I, I thought it would be hilarious. And then we could do the questions at the end, you know, like, what brings you joy? You know, are these the, the, the what's your favorite swear word? You know, it's all that stuff <laughs> I thought, I thought right. would be really funny. And Rob was like, oh, that's a good idea. Do you want to like help us do it? And then I was like, oh, sure. And then it just sort of kind of like happened organically, which is I was just like telling Rob, I was like, oh, it would be cool if you did this or this or that or this or the other thing. And Rob is like a show leader is really great about um, listening, kind of like what you talked about running your region. Rob will listen to all the hosts ideas and then help guide us in our shows and be like, oh, that's a, that's a good idea or let's do this or whatever. Sure. Um, and the next thing I know, I'm on the show. You know what I mean? So it just was not something <laughs> that I like. I planned to be like, oh, how do I get into the show? And and I think in a, in a, had it been that other way, I don't think we would have developed that authentic sort of friendship and relationship. If I had gone on it, sometimes in life, you just need to be your authentic self and what happens happens. If you try yeah. to push, push things too much, it just, it, it won't work. So sometimes you have to like, uh, I, I'm not super religious, but there's that, that saying, let go, let God. And I try to yeah. think about not God in a beard and up in heaven, but I try to think of the power in the universe. I try to just let go and let that, let the universe guide me a little bit and that's mm -hmm. sort of that's pretty how strong. i ended up it's 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 funny you say that because the first time i met you jeremy i think it was in the 2016 17 whatever masters that was it was chicago. actually chicago yeah. masters yep. yep so yep so i remember because you and i were commiserating because i had actually just gotten a divorce and mm -hmm. you and i were commiserating and we were like yeah everything kind of blows and, and 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 you had you even then you were like yeah but 
it's going to be okay. And you were like this, this real positive attitude. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Jeremy's right. It is going to be, you know what? Jer- you're right. It is going to be okay. Totally cool. Right. Cause I was, I mean, we we're, I was saying those words, but I wasn't convinced yet. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just, I remember just this, this a testament to me being awkward, I think is like, was it last year? when I ran into you at masters and I just, oh, yeah. Saturday, right. And I was like, yo man, I just want to say, I'm really happy for you. Like we've come a long way, like go yeah. good for you. Right. And you just gave me this look like stop drinking bourbon. Just get out of here. Mike. No, just stop no. it. Right. It was, it was amazing. Right. No, it was like, really, it was like, where did this come from? And I was like, Oh no. Right. I think I overloved. I have no, to no, go. No. It, it right? meant a lot to me in the time, in the time when you, when you said that and like, you know, and that's just how I am. I mean, people, uh, like joke about it and you know you know i one time someone called me a positivity fascist like in the feed show feedback or whatever yeah. and it's like what i found in dealing with that breakup is i made a choice that i'm going to be myself so that whenever i do one day hopefully find another partner they're going to love me for who i am yeah. whereas in my old relationship i wasn't me i was the person that i felt that the other person would not dislike like sure. Instead of being like Rocky Road ice cream or whatever, I was vanilla ice cream in my in, in that relationship because maybe you don't love vanilla ice cream, but no one really hates vanilla ice cream. So right. I was like trying to be the vanilla ice cream version of me. Mm-hmm. And I decided that that's never going to work. That if, if you are going to find long lasting love with a partner, you need to be true to your authentic self so that when they do love you, they love you for who you are. Yeah. So I tried to like carry with me that that goal. And that's really what led me back in the hobby, which was like, I want to do what I love. I'm desperate for community and fellowship in my life. And it was community and fellowship that I used to have when you play online games, but I wanted something more tangible and real. And that sort of was like, okay, well, I want to try to make Kings of War be my family. And, And you asked us like, what do we love about the community? And that's the biggest thing for me is that it is really a family. I've talked to you, you know, and and the funny thing is all of us are living our lives, right? We lose friends. We lost Jesse. We lose, we lose things in our own personal lives Mm -hmm. and uh, we, we get new jobs. We get fired. We get promoted. We get married. We have kids, you know, all this stuff is happening while we're doing this Kings of war, but it's nice to know that while life is happening, that there's people across the whole country that it's, you can message and be like, Hey man, I heard this is going on. Congratulations. Or yeah. Yeah, I heard I heard that this has happened, man. If you need anything, let me know. I got your back. And that's right? what I love. It's pretty great. I, there's no reason for us to be friends. This game brought us together. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, and that's that's I, there's no reason for my to, me to even know that Jeremy Duvall and Rob Fanouf exist, except for through this game. And my life is better because I know you. Right. So the game has 100%. brought me so many extra people that are just amazing. Right. And that's it's funny because. Um, my my uh, my breakup actually had to do uh you know know, a 17 year relationship you take a look at it and go what the hell happened right and for me it was the fact that i had these other things going on i had you know i uh uh, training for my fifth degree black belt exam right i mean i was i was i was training three days a week on top of having a, a child and then i was out hiking and i was doing the gaming and i was doing all this other stuff and i always gave my my uh my ex the right of first refusal to my time. And then when she said, no, it's cool. I said, okay, goodbye. I got these other things I want to do. And that wasn't fair to her. Right. And when she left, one of the things that she said was that, you know, but it was something along the lines of, I really wish that you had chosen to spend more time with me instead of gaming and painting and doing all this other stuff. Well, she left and I 
I used to paint an army. This is going to be hard to, for you guys to believe, knowing my persona from Unplugged. I used to paint an army every 18 months. I painted an entire army every 18 months. I have an entire uh, demon army down in, down in the basement. I have an entire wood elf army, a high elf army, a dwarf army, a, an undead army. I painted every 18 months. I had an army. I painted it. It was awesome. I was actually a rather decent painter. After she left, I had a hard time picking up a paintbrush for two years. Couldn't do it. I would pick up, I would get my stuff out. I would look at it and go, I don't want to put it down. I paint two or three units a year now, and that's it. I still have the community. I still have all this other stuff, but there's a block there that I still can't get through. And part of it is the inertia of not doing it, right? There's an inertia of doing it, inertia of not doing it. To be really good and great at something, you need to put in the time. It's kind of like a, basically to be great at something is a, is a selfish endeavor. You have to take the time for yourself to go and do the thing, right? And this goes back to the, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. It's the whole idea. Things are always hard before they get easy. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it's it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting um interesting once again how like life life is different now nowadays I get my daughter every weekend and every weekend I have her I'm I am consistently there like I don't go to tournaments I don't go to events if I have her right I am twenty four I have forty eight hours where I can be dad of the year and then I give her back right and I do the best I can in that two in those two days and because of that it actually has been better for my time because then I can go and excel for five days at these other things that I'm interested in. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a weird thing. And I don't know, you know, I think that I found a good balance for myself. I think it's healthy for me, but it, it certainly is one of those things where the hobby can pull you away from other stuff or can be perceived to pull you away from other stuff. Jeremy, for, to, to circle back, I think it's really super awesome that you were able to find it, find somebody that loves you and accepts all the things that you do and how you do them. Right? And I think a part of that acceptance comes from a fact of, of me realizing that I need to make sure that it's weird in the, in the fact that she accepts it means that I take time away from it to make sure her needs are met too. Yes. So it's there's a very, an appreciation. Yeah. 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 yeah very right? much. Rec- whereas before the hobby was an area for me to flee my, <laughs> yes, flee my horrible relationship. It was now, a refuge. Yeah. The refuge. And it still is. I mean, to me, if I don't, if I go a week without painting or something, I start getting a little wonky in the brain, sure. but I think that, it's more about the reciprocity in that I have a partner and a wife who who supports me in what I do. And because of that, I make sure that her needs are met and that if there's too much hobby stuff everywhere, I try to clean it. You know, I, I try to sure. make sure that in her making the effort that to, to meet my needs, I do the same for her. Yeah. Um, but I get it. I think a, a, a lot of it, it's about routine and balance. And like one thing my dad would always say growing up and I'd always be like, F you dad. He would always be like uh, <laughs> everything in moderation, right? Right. You should look, you should live. A, and I think that probably resonates with you. You know, I think most people who do martial arts, you Absolutely. know, tie into that sort of Eastern philosophy elements of balance and stuff like that. And that's what I've tried to do is try to try to, you know, you do have a lot of hobbies, but to me, it's just trying to make sure uh, I'm meeting all my responsibilities and that right. I, you know what I mean? And that, that I have a routine set, all of those things. And I think that once I brought Hillary to a tournament, she got it even more. So. Yeah. Like, right. She understood the miniatures. Oh, these are really cool looking. She understood board games. We play board games all the time. Like, and like the, the meaty European style board games, you know, we do a lot of board yeah. games. She, so she got the gaming, but she didn't quite understand or could, could conceptualize or wrap her head around, the secret sauce, which is the people. Is the people, and then, yeah. And then once she went to Lone Wolf, 
and she saw and we were hanging out playing board games and all this stuff after that she's like okay i get it i understand why you do this right so so my my uh i just got married a couple months ago and my wife now we we do martial arts together we game together we hike together so i found somebody that actually we you know we, we spend a lot of time together because our interests dovetail quite a bit and uh she went to she went with me to jake's to, to greg's wedding and it's the first time that she had met jake and John and and everybody together and a bunch of other guys in the Northeast Kings of War scene. And when we were driving home, she goes, I see why you love them. Right. It is. Re- I get it now. You're right. Just spending time with them for the day. It was it was really great. It was very validating, too, you know, to be honest. Right. As opposed to driving home, have her go. Really? Those guys totally understood it. Right. That means that means a lot. You know, it's because because the people that you hang out with are a reflection of yourself. Right. They're a reflection of what you value. Or at the very least, what you tolerate, you know. So having those people be esteemed means that you're doing something right, you know. Mm. What about you, Rob? I know your wife doesn't really go with you to tournaments. What sort of like uh, uh, is she kind of just like, oh, Rob's just tinkering away in his little uh, man cave, <laughs> or, or what's your guys' dialogue or around it's, that? First it's stuff? sort of like uh, we each have our own thing, right? I'll go away for a weekend. It's a break, right? Or she doesn't have to put up with, uh, doesn't have to make dinner or, you know what I mean? Huh. Like, it's it's like, it's like a vacation. So less is more. I, yeah, I was yeah. say, it's kind of like that idea of, uh, I think the, the Beth's relationships are the, the concentric circle, right? Where you have your shared space with your partner, but then each of you have your own space so that you can be your own self and not always be reliant on your partner to define you. Mm. Mm. I think there's wisdom in that. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting, you know, some of the words you guys were mentioning before really resonated with me in the sense that, you know, it's hard to explain to people what the Kings of War community means to us without really like using a metaphor or an analogy. Right. And and the best one I can come. There's a couple that I can come up with for those. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably you're already part of the faithful. So you probably you're probably already understand it. But for those that may be getting new into you know, just getting into the game and haven't right. really been in tournaments for an older generation. It's like the car clubs, you know, the, the clubs where you, oh, the Corvette club is going to meet there and you take your Corvette and you go to this place and you show off your new paint job or your new engine or your whatever. But it's that's secondary to hanging out with friends. Exactly. Right. right? I mean, it's almost like the poker club you're in, but you don't really play cards very well, but you just want to hang out with everybody. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Let's let's turn it. Let's turn the, the, the dialogue. What is it about the community? That you know, we talked about all the positives. It's great, right? It's, it's supporting. It's all this, all this great stuff, right? What is it about the community that you can't stand? Okay, so this was when we were talking about questions. This was my question because I always like the opposite. You know, like you know, the what do you love? Both sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you guys first, right? What, what about the community is one of those things where you're like, Whew. yeah, you know, obviously been in the community a long time, and what I would first say is any criticism we level at it. It's probably a criticism you would level at any large community. Yeah. Generally going to be the same types of things. Specifically, you know, I think there's times where you get this, this mob mentality and, and it pulls the discourse into an uncordial area. And, yeah. and it can be extremely vitriol when, God forbid, we leave the confines of Kings of War and we start talking COVID or we start talking politics. Like, oh, no, it's, yeah. and, and for me, that's, you know, that's my, my number one pet peeve. I, I'm not here to talk about politics with anybody. <laughs> right. We're talking about Kings of War and play some games. I think that's the one thing, you know, is that sometimes the discourse can get a little a little toxic. I will say it's gotten better. And, and then I guess the other thing that I would say is that as the 
as the community has grown, it does afford a platform to trolls. But again, I think we've, I think the community's done a good job of self policing that. And I have not really seen a lot of trolls lately. Yeah. I think most of them are retired at this point. You would like to hope so, or at least, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, the way out. you deal with a troll is you just ignore them. You know, they want attention. <laughs> and if you don't give it to them, they'll go somewhere else to find it. Totally. So, right? I don't know. For me, that's kind of the two things. That, you know, just, just when the discourse goes into a dark place and the occasional troll. But uh, what about you, Jeremy? I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of benefits that social media has given us, especially around hobbies. And then also I think there's some drawbacks. It's hard to have in-depth, nuanced conversations on Facebook. It's just tough. Yeah, you just gave me an epiphany, which and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you here. You know what sure. it is? Here's what I don't like about the community, the fact that we're on Facebook. <laughs> I wish we were on any other forum. Right. Because all the stuff you just were starting to elaborate. It's, it's hard. hard to have a discussion. So it, much it, of well, yeah. It's 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 I get to say what I want and then totally ignore the response. Right. Yay. And you yeah. can't listen. You can't listen to language and you can't have a back and forth. So what, what frustrates me sometimes, I think I think there's some people who are into miniature gaming whose second favorite hobby is being categorically outraged. So, oh God, right. You know, that's like their second favorite hobby <laughs> past miniature gaming is getting pissed off about things. So sometimes the white noise bothers me or I just have to turn fanatics into white noise and not to say that we can't have disagreements. Because I don't want to support the dialogue of you have to you have to polarize. You got to go to a, a end of the spectrum and live there. I want us to be able to have disagreements and and talk to each other and have different ideas. I know there's lots of things that Rob and I are, have different ideas about, but we're still able to be friends and work together. And right. and I I'd like to contribute to that as far as just in our nation's dialogue is that we got to try to find a way where we can kind of come back to the middle a little bit and have these disagreements and not mean that you're dead to me. Um, but it's just, you know, there's certain things I call them like the age old chestnuts that come up again, where, um, there's certain topics that people want to talk about without adding anything constructive to like the minimum model count argument, you know, every now and then that, that old chestnut comes back. Right. Right. And it's, um, yeah. or, you know, well, if you actually technically read the rules, this comma is here, which means that I'm going to be able to do X, Y, and Z and, you know, and it's just a lot of like pedanticness and and it's it's i'm all for disagreements and pointing stuff out but to me if i know that your core mission is not to actually help the game or help the community it's like well why are you going there you're going there because you want people to know how smart you are or or whatever the case is but what's your goal i respect people whose goal is to make the community and the game as great as possible and to if you see a problem here's let's be solution driven Let's be, uh, you know, obstacles are a pathway to mastery. I say that all the time. Let's think about all of these issues that we have and how can we fix them as opposed to I just want to bitch and complain about this thing and yeah, have a big, right. huge, long thread. It's like, well, what good, what good is that doing anyone? That's what frustrates me is, is when people have problems or are upset but aren't, aren't presenting a solution. I think that there is a certain amount of entitlement that floats around out there, to be honest. One of the things that I, I can't, I can't abide about the community that I just, I, I will never understand. And this once again, goes back to the very beginning of our discussion, Rob, where you and I were talking about like getting into nerdery stuff as a kid. And that was not cool. Right. I mean, yeah, star Wars was cool, but all the other stuff, like you're reading about hobbits, what the, it's a hobbit. Mm -hmm. you gotta get over here, nerd. Right. And so 
to be perceived to be on the outside looking in of pop culture, right? And then all of a sudden, like the Big Bang Theory hits and people are playing board games and they're like, nerds are cool. All right, cool. And yet they're still now we're the ones gatekeeping. How dare we? Right. That's that that kind of stuff drives me nuts. It drives me nuts, especially when it comes to how the community treats females. That drives me crazy. Having having a daughter who's going to want to get into this stuff later. If she runs into that, I don't know what I'm going to have to tell her. Right. Besides, you know, this is how you put a dude in a chokehold. Like there's there's no room for it. You know, it's the hobbies there for everybody. It isn't just there for dudes. That is that I think is something that exists. And I think that as the rest of the community, we need to shine a light on that when it shows up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just expose it immediately for, for the garbage that it is. And I, um, I, I am passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Right. There is no room for that. Yeah. My sister, my sister is transgender and she transitioned. My brother know. is. That's yeah. awesome. Se- se- cool. Yeah. Se- seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And so when I was growing up, she was four and a half years older than me and she taught me gaming. Like she would kick my butt in Hero Quest, or we play Hero Quest. We would play Rogue Trader 40K. So, and I had no idea what was happening. I'm like seven years old. I just have my little squat miniatures, and I'm like, yeah. oh, they're space, they're space dwarves. These guys are cool. And, <laughs> um, and so I've seen. Uh, so I'm thankful to her having given me a window into um, what it's truly like to make a choice to live your authentic life and all the consequences and joys yeah. and sorrows that go along with that. And in the end, it's like, I agree with you because it's like so many of the people, especially not so much the new kids, but I think from our generation, like if you were into this sort of type stuff, it was nerdy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. You know, we're not playing. I wasn't playing football at recess. I'm in the library playing D and D, and it was like, oh gosh, that's that group of kids. Yep. So it, it is kind of weird that it's like there's some people who are so territorial about quote nerd space unquote that it's like they don't want to allow other people in. And to me, it's like the same argument of why you need tournaments with all sorts of skill levels. In the Agreed. end, we, Agreed. We, need, we need people to play the game with, right? Well, so yeah, someone's so, got to pay the bills, right? And exactly. just the winners, if you just let the win the great players in, that's not enough to, you know, to get you the critical mass to afford a tournament. Right. And, and, and it's funny because we, we say something very similar at, at the dojo where it's like, not every student's going to be a black belt, but every student is one. We need the students to be in here, as you said, Rob, in order to like meet the bottom line, keep the lights on. But that's, if you only look at it that way, it's cynical. What you're really doing, in my opinion, is you're getting them in there because everybody's getting something positive out of it, even if they don't make black belt. The time yeah. that they spend there is good. So the time that you spend at a gaming table with somebody should be a positive experience. Right. And so in that instance, it's like I take I personally take the responsibility as a steward of the community kind of seriously. It's like we can't have cheaters up here. We can't have people that are going to take advantage. You can't have jerks. You can't have misogynists. You can't have them at the table because somebody rolls up and this is their first tournament and they have a bad experience. They ain't coming back again. Right. And it's not that's not the point. The point is to so it's positive and it's cool for people. And they leave there going, wow, I'm glad I did that. You know what I mean? So in some ways, like the question, what can't you stand about the community is I don't want to be, I don't want to be painted with the same brush as those guys, right? Like, oh, you're into gaming. So you must be an incel. It's like, no, absolutely not. Though you may think, <laughs> right. right? Though you may yeah. think that that's 90% of us are out there because those are the ones you hear, right? You know what I mean? I can't. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the vocal minority, down. right? Sometimes the, the most, the people who are most vocal share the, because a lot of the people who are more middle of the road, they just don't take part in those conversations. Right. Right. So I think, 
I think that's sometimes like, uh, and I used to work at a call center. It's like not, very rarely do people call a call center and be like, hey, you're doing a great job. Thanks. <laughs> They're you know, and the same thing with like right yep. with Facebook posting. A lot yeah. of times people don't post on Facebook just to go. I mean, I do, but not a lot of people <laughs> post on Facebook to just say, hey, I love you guys. You know, right. it's like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. You know, whatever it is. So it's like right. you, you got to somehow go through that white noise. And, I, and I'm curious since we're on this topic, you know, we've talked a lot about. Uh, Rob and I in our show, the idea of the social contract that you have with your opponent when you play a war game. Yeah. And, you know, different people will say, well, you know, it's like, you know, they'll bring up or they won't bring up. But I think of like the Sinatra quote of all I owe my, you know, fans is a good performance where it's this like, I don't owe my opponent anything. So I'm yeah. going to bring the nastiest. And to me, that's so like self, self, like, right? Because in the end, Especially as a community member, talk a little bit about your your, your thoughts on that so idea of the social contract aspect of the game of giving your game your opponent a good game and and being a good sport and all that. All right, so I so I, I I'm going to turn that around by asking. I'll, I I see that through two lenses, right? And so the first one is what? Okay, so the first one is uh, what's a good way to put this? I had it described to me once. I played a guy back in Warhammer and he said, the things that happen at three feet should not affect the things that happen at six feet. Right. And so what he was saying is the stuff that happens on the table is one set of interactions between us and the way that our brains and our minds interact socially is the other way that we're spending two hours together. The game itself is a construct that allows us to speak to each other when we have no reason to speak to each other. Does that make sense? Right. So, yeah. So the idea here is at, at the three foot level, clean play, right? It, 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 Kings of War is a game of intention. So just talk through your turn, right? If the other person's making a mistake, you'd be like, hey, man, just so just to remind you, this, these guys can charge 20. You know, that, that sort of a thing where you are having an experience together. I'm still trying to beat you, right? I'm not going to be like, hey, these are the things you need to do in order to destroy my units. But just, hey, remember, this unit has this item and, you know. So the things that happen at, at that level, clean play, strategic play, I bring a hard army, but it doesn't have to be the most broken thing. And even if it is the most broken thing, eventually I'm going to lose anyway, right? Um, but I think that that is, that is one level of what I owe the opponent. I owe the opponent a clean game, right? That is technically challenging. And I'm, and uh, like, if I'm playing somebody and, and, uh, they're making me think I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. I'm like, man, you guys, you're playing great. I have to think my way out of this and nicely done. Right. Like I'm totally screwed here. I have to, I have to figure this out. You're really making me, you're making me work. Right. Um, so that's the first level. And the second level is like socially being gracious. And I have such a hard time with this, to be honest. For example, I, I, uh, I, I love Chris Murphy. Chris Murphy is, a couple years ago when we hosted masters, he came in first for sports and I came in second. Okay. And I had had a really great tournament up until then um, where I was essentially like, you know, bantering with everybody I was playing against. It got to the last game and I had other, there were other things going on at that tournament where I was being expected to handle them. And I'm not going to get into it, but they had to do with cheating right at the event. And so I was already strung out. Um, I had actually played that person and I had lost my game against him too. And so I was kind of like, I was at my wit's end and my last game was against Chris Murphy and I gave Chris Murphy the worst game ever. I mean, the worst game ever, but at that tournament, at that masters, we were not scoring sports for the last round. 
I mean, I just, I, it's something didn't go my way and I blew up. Right. And I was like, this is BS. Rah, 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 rah. I had to walk away from the table. Right. Cause it was just the entire, all the stress in the weekend hit all in that one spot. I came back. I said, I'm sorry. Let's just get this over with. Like, and that the rest of the game I just played, but I didn't talk. I was just awful to him. I was awful. I was an awful human being. I don't even know how we're friends, but he, I, I love him and he still loves me too. Thank God. Right. That is not what you do. <laughs> right. That is not what you do. Um, I find that in terms of having, giving somebody a good game socially, it really comes back to being gracious, right? When things are not going your way, you can, you, I, I'll still complain about it, right? Double once. Ah, son of a bitch, right? But then you let it go. You let it go and you move on and say, all right, well, let me see if I can think my way out of this one. Making them feel bad because they're playing well is just awful. There's no reason for it. Well, right? well I'll, do, I'll do you one better. I, I did it where I made someone feel awful when they were playing bad. <laughs> Oh, so which was like, uh, I mean, I was, yeah. So, you know, before we get to that though, this discussion is kind of, there's two topics that we had talked about off offline. I think one of them is what makes a good game of Kings of War. I think yeah. this, this, a lot of this discussion is here. So we should circle back to that. Uh, sure. And then you, you, the other one, you were like, what's the worst sports stories done by us or to uh, us. It's, it's... And, and one of my stories is I remember at a game, I was at a war, war fantasy tournament. The dice were going my way and I'm just, I'm just really throttling this person right and he got salty about it and then like i kind of called him out on being salty which you know in, in retrospect you, you have the right to be salty now if it infringes on the game right. maybe that you know maybe you're breaking the social contract to his you know to to the game's credit the game was over and like turn three right because this is right. warhammer right so warhammer dice uh big spells you lose whole units very quickly you don't come yep. back from that no, and so no. you know, and I, in, in in retrospect, the ironic thing is, I was I kind of like, hey, don't be salty, bro, and it was kind of like, I don't know, kind of like just being a dick, right? And then the salt to the to my wound was I won best sports that tournament. See, so like that's the thing, like the thing that like like so I, I was saying my other opponents that I played, I gave them good games. You know, it's right. like an eighty man event, and I won best sports. Yeah. Okay, well, four out of my five opponents got a good game, but I don't remember those games. I right. remember the one where I gave it. It's exactly it. So I get done. I get done just just making Chris Murphy's life miserable. And they call him up for first and they call me up for second. And I'm like, the picture of me next to next to Corey Reynolds receiving my award. I was like, I just want to eat this. I'm so mad at myself. This is so non-deserved, right? Just give this to somebody who is a better human being than me. I'm awful, right? I was like, get this, tr get this hand out of this. I'm a troll holding onto like a crystal vase. Just give it away, right? It was, it was awful. I felt awful. And it's, 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 uh, actually, Jeremy, have you ever, have you ever given people, anyone a bad game? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> page Neo, paging page Neo. No, <laughs> well, I mean, I try to give people as good a game as possible. How, cause how I feel is like, you know, when I'm beating someone, I want them to be gracious or, or when they're beating me, I want them to be gracious. So I try to always put myself in a position where I'm playing this person and I'm winning right now, but what would I have want? from them if they were in my game state you know so if they were beating me what would i want from them which is sort of oh yeah man you, you moved over here it was so great but man that double one's really screwed you i'm so sorry you know just acknowledging that smart players know when you're playing a game when stuff happens it, it shouldn't happen that way right and i always try to acknowledge that like if i'm rolling someone and i'm just like oh 18 attacks on threes oh i hit you 15 times oh that's some bs you know right. just trying to that's acknowledge exactly it, 
acknowledge that and i try to be really good as far as doing that i know rob saw me get like upset once at masters texas masters when i just had two games of just the most horrible horrible dice luck and then i'm playing uh. devlin and I love Devlin. But like, <laughs> no. no offense to Devlin, but no, I he deserves smoke, it. Let's be honest. I, I should it's smoke him. Patently false. And yeah. again, double ones, double ones, double ones. And I'm just like, for f- sake. And Rob like looked at me like, 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 what is that? You know, you know, uh, zebra, but it's yellow and purple. You know, like he's seen some leprechaun or something. I'm right. upset in the game, but that's um, amazing. So, I mean, it happens. And also, too, I found when you play, especially like against high level competition on UB, there are things that you see. Oh, I know I can do that charge. We both know that I can do it visually because we have a look. So I'm just going to move it. So sometimes I found when I played people in tournaments that maybe are good players but haven't quite played at that level yet or whatever, I'll just move my unit because I know it can do it. And they want to see all the show me the pivots, show me the moves. So, uh, I feel like in some ways my cleanliness of play has like from UB has gone like backwards half a step. Yeah. Because I'm I sort of, this, you know, that make whereas like, I know like, Oh, I have that charge and, and I'm never going to like, like cheat you anyway. So it's like, I'm not going to like just make a flank charge out of nowhere. I'm I, it's a flank charge. So I know when I'm playing that type of player, when I'm playing that, I know I needed to, to, to slow down half a step and be like, okay, this is what I want to do. I can pivot here. Are we good? You know, some players are just like that, where it's prob- you're probably going to have a nicer game if you just tell them, like... And, and that is a pet peeve where it's like, I have to ask you permission to move my models is lame. But, you know, in the end, you, you're trying to have the best game you can get. But I think you really hit on it, which is just, like, intention. You know, just do intention. Uh, talk about what you want to do. Be a gracious opponent. If if some if you have a a unit that has speed ten with brew of haste, and someone says, "Oh hey, okay, I'm just outside of twenty on here," be like, "Oh, just a reminder, I can charge twenty two because I yeah, have right. brew of haste." Yeah, because a lot of people will be like, "Yes, you are outside of 20. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. Annoyed, and it's right? like, come on, man. If that's the way that you want to win, right? That's one piece. That's wow. like me." what's one thing if you move and you don't see a flank charge, but if I'm moving with the intention to be out of range of you, but you, you, you didn't remind me again that you have brew, char- brew of haste. I mean, in the end, technically you're within range next turn. And if you want to be that guy, take the charge, but yeah, um, I, I, I had that happen to me at a, at a tournament too. It was, I measured it. I, and I said, I'm outside of your charge range. Do you agree? He said, yes, his turn. He takes up the tape measure and goes, Oh, look, you're just in. I go, yeah, but we agreed that I was out. He goes, well, I don't know what to do. Awesome, right? Yeah, I'm, you, I'm not tell you. And at that you point, don't I was charge like, is what you do. Yeah, and I was like, I, I, I looked at him. I was like, okay, cool, you win. Congratulations, way to go. Right? I mean, it's and that that was the end of that. Right? I wrote it. I've written. I've written a couple articles on Dash Twenty Eight about sportsmanship, and I have a couple stories on there from when I was coming up through Warhammer, and I was an awful sport. I was an awful sport back then. I mean, I was awful. It was. It was just. I was just awful. Off. Off. Awful. And I, you know, I'm not going to rehash that now, but hey, little plug, go to Dash 28, check out my, my articles. There are other, the, you can improve sports, right? You can improve, improve your sportsmanship on the table. I, I don't believe, nor do I subscribe to the sports is BS because it's a popularity contest. I, I don't believe that at all. I think that you can actually improve your sports at the table and starting with declaring intention and respecting intention from your opponent is like a one. That's, that's how you start. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe in that, you know. Well, what can you do? Yeah. You know, not a fan I mean, of that. I, I found one thing for me. I am not very uh vertically blessed as as they say, so I'm very short. You both, buddy. Mike Rossi sounds like uh, he's eight foot tall. And- so for me, it's actually physically hard for me to see down tape measures when I'm measuring distance because I'm, I'm so short. It's like I got to lean over the table or whatever. That's why I always state every single time what my intention is for movement yeah. because I'm always going to be maybe one millimeter in or what, sure. just because it's just difficult for me. I got to stand on a chair to like look straight down to make sure yep. I'm out. So I'm thinking I'm going to switch from using a tape measure to Rob has some, uh, like the sticks, you know, using more sticks that yeah. you know you put on your base or whatever. But so I was trying to find a thing that I did in my gameplay, which was sometimes I'm a millimeter in, or I'm not like exact to the exact whatever. And when you're playing at a high level, those millimeters matter. So I was like, well, how can I work on that? And to me, it's just my intention. My intention yeah. is to be out. If I'm talking about, yeah, Yeah. just talk it out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that is the game because everything's pre-measured anyway. So what are you, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Not seeing a move is a lot different than, you know, arguing over whether you're in or out on something. I'm so glad that we don't do that anymore. That was one of the other major failings of Warhammer was the way it was, was designed. It was a lot less deterministic, right? So 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 it's, it's swingier. Yep. You know, absolutely. It's funny because I had another bad game against Chris at Crossroads. And this was just recently, right? So a couple of years go by, I get to play Chris again. And I noticed this about myself, actually. I, I, I had a, it was like turn three, we're playing Dominate, and Chris is playing this Basilian, Bas- Basalian? Basalia. TM, army, with all kinds of flyers and every special character and some stuff. And I'm huddled in the middle, you know, all the dwarves pile in the center of the table and they're just getting killed. Everyone's dying, right? And I'm trying to do some stuff and nothing is working. And by about turn three, I look down and I look at his units and I look at mine and I go, you got it. Not much I can do here, buddy. Great. Congratulations. I think you got the game. And I didn't say it like that. Said a little more curt, right? I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I was kind of bitching a little bit. And then it turned into turn four and I'm bitching a little more. And meanwhile, Chris is like, I don't know. I don't I don't think you have it. And meanwhile, in my brain, I'm like, all he has to do is take this horde and charge here. He charges here. He picks that up. He charges there. He takes that up. He moves that in. And he gets that at the end of the game. I, w- I lose by two. Like, in my mind, I know exactly how what he needs to do to beat me. He doesn't see it. So by turn six, I'm like, holy crap. He charged the wrong thing. I'm going to live. Oh, my God. Now, meanwhile, I just spent the last two turns yeah, berating him. up a yeah. swarm, right? <laughs> like, You've been honey-holing him. Or, or what you were doing <laughs> is you were subconsciously uh, subverting his 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 ideas right? so that he would charge the wrong thing. No, it was it was nuts. And so I got I got done with that game and I you know I apologized, but it's at that time it's too late. I've already I've already blown it. Like I was just a complete jerk for half of our game. What 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 good is that? I like Chris. Why am I doing this to a guy that I like? Right. Yeah. And so I get done with the game and I'm I'm driving home and I'm like, because it bothered me, right? And I was like, How it should what it's is terrible. going on? What is? And I was like, well, what is going on there? And it, it occurred to me, because I didn't realize it at the time. I was like, I know how to beat my army. I know what I'll do it every single time. And I assume everybody else knows the same thing that I do. And that's where that comes from. It's not, oh, your army is so broken. There's nothing I can do. It's just, yep, he's got this sewn up. Like if I ever play another army and play a dwarf infantry army, I'll kick the shit out of it. Right. Because I know all the stuff because I've been playing this one army for four years now. Right. And I assume everybody else has the same level of knowledge as, as, as I do. 
And so what I'm looking at, I'm like, I got to stop doing that. The, I have to let, I have to let them play the game. I have to let them play their game as opposed to dictating in my mind how it's going to go and therefore dictating to them how it's going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm essentially just, it, it's, it's a bad habit that I have. And it's, um, it, 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 I think part of it is from years of playing Warhammer fantasy where you would roll up and go, Oh good. You have a dark elf army. looks like, Oh I lose. yeah. Right. And still having that, th- that, Oh look, it's, it's, your you already knew army. before the game. I know exactly what's in go. it. Yeah, and I know exactly how you're going to do this. And that Kings of War doesn't play that way. Doesn't and play you can't, that. And you can stop it, right? There was no right. mitigation, right? Was, and Kings of War does not play that way. And I, I, it's been years, and I'm still training myself out of ten years of Warhammer Fantasy battles. Now, have you guys right. ever been For in the twenty thing, years? This is another one of my pet peeves. Is let's say you're having a super tight game, and let's say in turn one, you have one out of the box lightning bolt roll that means nothing, right? And right. then later on, your opponent rolls four double sixes to win the game and key nerve rolls at key moments of the game. Mm. And then after the, the game, they're like, oh, well, you know, I was pretty lucky at the end, but you were lucky in the beginning when you did that thing that didn't matter at all. Right. I think <laughs> people know? have a different sense of the dice, right? Yeah, and that's what right. frustrates yeah. me sometimes. Ah, it's totally true. Is playing a player maybe who has no, who doesn't quite have the reps or, or they don't realize that what happened was so incredibly lucky that they just yeah. don't even, they can't even wrap their head around that. Right. So it's like, because I try to always be like acknowledge when shenanigans happen because sure. you can laugh about it and you, you got to throw your opponent a bone. But when my opponent doesn't give me any bones, when no. cra- crazy, or they give you a bone for something that didn't matter. Are, are they like, oh, well, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that I was rolled, a great lightning bolt in the first yeah. turn where you knocked uh, out nothing. I rolled a double one on your chaff unit that meant nothing. And then I roll snake eyes on his horde in the middle of the board to control the objective to win the game. You know right. what I mean? There isn't uh, – sometimes the rolls themselves matter more or less. So some, totally. uh, sometimes that frustrates me a little bit at the end of the game where someone's like, oh, well, you know, I should have killed you because, you know, I did. But it's like, no, you, they just you don't understand, like – how crazy that had to happen. Um, right. Is I don't mind. Uh, uh, you're going to lose almost as much as you win. I mean, especially when you're playing in right. tournaments, a great, great players. Yeah. I just want to have a fun game. And if shenanigans happen, just acknowledge it. Just let's right. just, you know, give me something, you know, throw me yeah. a bone. You just whoop my yeah. butt, you know, give me, give, yeah. give me something to make yeah. me feel better. Right. It's, it's funny. Cause I've, I've had bad games that were bad games. I mean, real bad games where I just, I, I might as well have not been there. Right. And I haven't had those in Kings of war except for the last masters. When I played Dustin Howard round four round four, what am I playing Dustin Howard round four at the masters for, right? Like what happened, right? Mathematically. And after the first turn of the game, I made no decisions. I just reacted and he took all my toys off by turn five. That was it game over. I was like, that was, I remember looking at him at the end of turn three and being like, I'm sorry, man, I'm not even giving you a game. And he just kind of like, it's all right, Bubba. And then proceeded to remove the rest of my stuff. Right. And it was just completely like, why am I even here moment? Right. Especially on top of having to play four games of Kings of War in a day and all the other stuff that goes with it. I was like, wow, I am just completely outclassed here. Right. Like I have no idea what's happening. I might as well have walked in and been like, how do you roll these dice? Right. It was crazy. But that is not as egregious, even though I left there and I was like, wow, that really blew. Uh, that was not a good experience. It wasn't really too much because of Dustin. It was just because of his, I was completely outclassed and I wasn't actually playing the game after turn three. Everything was on lockdown. It's a lot different than playing against somebody who 
I had another game the next morning against a guy, and I ended up winning that game, but he bitched entirely too much about my dice over the course of the entire game, where I was mildly lucky for two turns, and I didn't hear the end of it for the rest of the game. And I was like, that's not cool. I would yeah. rather have the Dustin Howard game where I was like, wow, I'm completely outclassed, and I need to re- I wish I had this on video so I could kind of see what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Versus now I'm miserable because you're because I'm mildly lucky. You're killing me. Yeah, and right? see, that's the you thing. That's, I mean? that's the misunderstanding that some players don't really have not played enough games to know what what real dice shenanigans are. You know, because right. a lot of people will, oh man, he rolled boxcars. Okay, he rolled one boxcars. That's right. different to me than than in one key combat phase rolling. Snake eyes, snake eyes, and a three, back to yeah. back to back, right? Right. So uh, yeah, again, it's just kind of a lack of a, uh, and that's why I really try. That's why I, I want my opponent to comment on dice because I never want to. I don't want to be that guy who's every single roll. Oh, you're two above average. You're three above average. Right. You know, and PC realize it goes it goes back and forth. You know, I'm more about like when it's in an, an extreme. You know, when it's at one of the extremes, have some sort of acknowledgement. Yeah. about it but you other know, than that you know you're going to be the one rolling hot so when my opponent's rolling hot i'm trying to to give them the the uh the attitude that i would want in my opponent if i roll hot i always try to put myself what if this was reversed right yeah here's the thing though i, I had a game so my, my my normal sparring partner taylor we played two games this, this week and in the second game he snapped at me and said don't tell me the math like you're, you're, you're like breaking the my illusion of the thing, right? <laughs> and, and but what? But this discussion kind of made me think. I wonder in certain situations, people that don't understand the math, they don't understand what they just saw. They don't understand right. the implications. Like, right. Oh my god! I mean, I'll just give you an example. I was playing Taylor. Okay, I, I have siege breakers going into greater obsidian golems. Yes, I'm wounding on fours. I'm hitting on threes. Blah 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 blah. But like in the in my head, I'm doing the math, and so I can I know. When things are above or below where they Correct. should be, Correct. and it's 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 all about a scale, right? If you're just slightly above, uh, okay. But it's like in that game, you know, his subsidiary gobs are punching me back and they're hitting on fours, and eighteen attacks. He throws nine dice, uh, nine hits. Yeah, that's perfectly average. And then he proceeds to roll eight out of nine fours for the damage. <laughs> And like, like in my mind, I realized that's, that's crazy, right? Like right. you should get five, maybe yeah. four, you know? And, and, and I wonder like, do players that don't do the math in their head or don't really have a conscious effort of where the number should land, maybe they don't understand. And then, and then on top of that, there's also the context, right? So I had, a, I had another game, I guess my friend Matt, uh, Jeremy, I shared some photos of this. It was, it was a disaster. I, I still won the game, but. It almost cost me the game, right? Like, there's a horde of pike, kings of men pike. So that's in snare with the, yeah, with right. phalanx uh, sitting behind a wall. <laughs> what did okay? you do? So what? Do I, so and then so all right. So I charged in from the front with a with a, a horde of siege breakers. I knew I wasn't going to kill them, but I just want to hold you there. No, pinned them. Bring another horde on the next turn from the side in a flank, which which is golden. Then they're right. not hindered. They're not ensnared. And I'm like, okay, thirty six attacks. Hitting on threes, wounding on twos. I got this. Sure. In my mind, I got this. Yeah. So I I don't know why I did this, but I'm like, okay, there's a lot of coming from behind. I want to get this prepared. So I disengaged the unit. I didn't charge the unit from the front. 
I was like, I if the guys on the on the flank can't get him, that then I'm not going to get him, right? Wow. And so I okay. turn them around. Okay, I turn them around oh, and I no. and I Come reface on. them to like for the oncoming threat. He's got another. He's got I don't know if it's some knights. He's got a freaking yeah. wing beast. And I'm sure. like, okay, dude, like I got to get ready for this because I'm going to get hit. And wouldn't you know it? I did like 30 wounds. And then I rolled one. Guys. Yeah, because yeah. that's what happens. Right. And, then, right? and then, and so then, so now I get, now they're devastated at least. So they have 15 attacks. Still, they stick but the horde, yeah, the horde, yeah, yeah. the horde hits the rear of my unit. Oh, yeah. The wing beast hits the flank of oh, my yeah. siege breakers and like pop, pop. And I'm like, game has now changed. Right. Because <laughs> I was in a position of complete domination to. Uh, what are we gonna do here, boy? I have no way to dominate. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oof. And that see, was, that's where, as your opponent, play. Rob, you got to be like, <laughs> like if I was playing you, I'd be like, man, that's ridiculous. Your siege breakers—they got blinded by all the blood of my poor little dudes. Well, and then, yo, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt was completely aware. Of the uh-huh. my, my buddy was playing, completely aware of the situation. Was like this unit right here, the the undying legion. Yeah, right. I think it was the uh-huh. second snake eyes they've gotten in the game against them. And oh, like yeah. they just they just wouldn't die, dude. Oh, I don't know what to tell time, you. Man. Time for it, time for a new banner with exactly. that on the banner. I told exactly. him you gotta paint like a banner, it needs to have like an ogre skull on it. I was like, like Jesus, yep. In in that exchange, like he knew <laughs> like the context of the situation, right? You know, he under he completely understood in that situation. You don't really need to do the math, you can understand swings around about it. Absolutely, about. right? I mean, it's self-evident when you start picking I, all your crap up. I wonder right. if that though that kind of stuff that we're just talking about, like that we're playing to intention, that we're conscious about our our sporting behavior, that we're you know not talking about dice, that all goes to the question of what makes a good game of Kings of War, right? Totally, yes. totally, all Absolutely. threads, all threads, you know, like uh, in in the weave of the pattern, as they would say. <laughs> real time. Nice, very right. nice. Man, you know, right? These are all threads, and the and they're trying to create an experience for you, both yourself and your opponent, because right. in the end. If you have no one to play, you cannot play. That's the one thing that always gets me when people mm-hmm. like go off about why do we have sports scores, blah, 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 blah. Why do we have paint scores, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, in the end, if you don't have people walking up and being like, wow, your armies look great. What is this game? Yep. Or you play someone and they're like, oh, man, this was a really fun experience. Think. Eventually, who are you going to play with your broken ass, unpainted army? No one. Right. That's, well, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like, People don't get to me. It's like step outside of your box and realize that if you know, eventually all of us will die some sooner than others. But in the end, do you want the hobby to live on after you? Then you need to think about these things beyond just your own gratification. Sure, right. I think I think one of the things that I had I last time at Masters I recorded with with you, Rob and Shannon, and, and uh, a couple other people, and we were talking about like you know what what is the state of the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember you had said, "Well, isn't the idea to iron sharpen iron or whatever." And don't you want to, you know, get better? And I said, no, dude, I don't, I don't, I, w- I want to make friends. Like, that's why I play this game. Mm-hmm. Right. Is, and it sounded corny when I said it. Right. But I still believe it. Like the, the point of playing the game is so that I can meet people because I find people to be fascinating and fun and cool. And these people happen to be interested in something I'm interested in. So we have a shared experience right from the get go. Right. We have something that will allow me to get to know them. You're right. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And if I walk in and I make myself, if I play in such a way that people are like, this guy's a jerk, I want to talk to this bro. Like what, what did I do? I may have won a game, but then I lose, I quote unquote, lose every other game I'm ever going to have with this guy because I'm going to walk up to the table and he's going to go, 
if you give somebody a, a great game, they're going to remember it. And they're, you know, next time you play them, there's going to be that expectation that you're going to give them, you know? And I, so, think, I mean, it's, it's both ways. Yeah. And totally. there's this big conception that playing a tight competitive game and having a kick-ass laugh your ass off, that those are mutually exclusive and they're absolutely oh, not. They are not. Absolutely. And that's, not. that's the key to me to a good game, which is having a, a great dialogue back and forth, having fun, sharing a drink with my opponent, checking all the angles, playing super tight, playing really competitive, laughing, having that engagement. Because yep. in the end, Kings of War, you win by by dice or by by tactical man- maneuvers. You there isn't really a lot of gotchas. So then that way you can have a completely back and forth open game with someone and still have it be incredibly tactical. So yeah. that's what that's what I love. And that's usually what will get my sports votes is like you can have those games. So I think that's something just a lot of people with the community think you either have to be the gregarious drink yeah. beer, you know, give people stuff at your gate like oh check it you beat my army here's like a coin or whatever yeah. or you gotta be the super a-hole and i don't think you have to be i think you can be a tight competitive but also really fun right play. so i was i was at a warhammer tournament years ago and i had a game against a dude and the and it was it, the guy was just a jerk i mean a real first first rate piece of work where he would argue my rules but not let me check any of his stuff and just you know like one of them dudes and at the end of the game it you know, it was it was intensely unsatisfying, and he he ended up winning the game. And he put his hand out. He said, "Good game," and I said, "Yeah, it was a game." And I shook his hand. He goes, "Can I buy you a beer?" And I went, "No, no, you can't, right? Because I don't want to spend any time with you." Right? And I said it out loud because at that point I was still in like my Warhammer, like you know, like you know, sports. What's the point, right? Because to play hard, you have to. You know, I was in that attitude. It was one of the turning points for me. I was like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. We're done, right? This our relationship is now over. You showed me who you are." Right. You're not going to all of a sudden be charming now that, now that the dice are down. Like if you couldn't have been cool for the past two hours and you can't be cool now, you got to go. Right. One of the nice things, the beautiful things about Kings of War, and I say it all the time whenever I get the opportunity. So I'll say it again. This community is different because the game is different. The game is different. The community is different. And it's a it's a virtuous cycle between the two. The game is the rules are set up in such a way that you, there are no gotcha moments and there are very few. You can have bad luck, but a lot of it you can mitigate with good tactics or good strategy. And at the end of the day, that draws a certain type of player. And then those players are really cool to be around. And then they play the game a certain way. And the community is kind of self-policing in that way. Right. That's what makes it precious. It's so cool. So cool because of that. You know, this is Alex Chavez. In 2018 Kings of War U.S. Masters. You listen to Counter Charge. Well, let's segue a little bit. There was a couple other topics you had you had mentioned. I think that the audience would probably would be interesting to hear our responses. And, and yeah, one of them was, as a public persona within the community, what do we owe to the community at large? And Mike, since you, it was your topic, I'm going to let you take it first. It's funny. Uh, you may have to edit out all my um-um-ums. Yeah. Um, please don't. This is, this is just me, right? I don't want to tell you. But in terms of like what... And and I use the term "oh the community." I it's it's funny because I don't I don't think that's the right word, right? I actually don't think that's the right word. But there is a people who listen to the podcast and don't know me. Let's say let's say people that listen to Unplug Radio or people who read my articles in Dash Twenty Eight. They may think of me a certain way. I'm pretty open and I try to be the same person all the time. But they're only seeing like this very small part of me in this one in this one way like they don't see me at work they don't see me at the dojo they don't see me with my daughter you know they see me at an event which is different from just hearing me spout into a microphone right 
and this is this is an odd thing. And Rob, I think this actually would apply to you and Jeremy more because your audience is much bigger, right? But have you ever had people walk up and start talking to you as if they know you? Yeah, yeah. right. And, like, I, and I'm trying, and usually I'm trying to figure out if I know them because I probably I might I might have chatted with them somewhere. And and I will say sometimes I get confused. And right. I think uh, or this Nick is not the Nick from Northern California. This is the different Nick from Texas. So, so I mean, I am, I'm old, so I'm not unfallible, but yeah, yeah, it does happen. So I, I, that just so you guys know that barely ever happens to me. Right. It's it, nobody. I, we have dozens of listeners over at Unplugged, right? But by the way, we, it is really good. You should probably listen to it. Everybody else out there in counter charge town. It's, it, it has happened enough where people come and be like, yo, Mike, what's going on? I, you know, and then I'm like, it's great to meet you. I'm going to go talk to these other people right now. And I always feel bad. I always feel bad that I never give people enough time. Right. That, yeah. that is, no, that is right. essentially, you know, that is what I mean by, you know, what do you owe? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, I'm at an event. I haven't seen some of these other guys in forever. I want to go catch up with get them. It. I'll catch up with you later. It. Right. It's a pleasure meeting you. And then I always just carry around. I don't know if it's the Catholic guilt or what it is, but I'm like, man, I really gave that dude short shrift. You know what I mean? Or whoever it happens to be. And it hasn't happened often, but it is enough where I've noticed my reaction to it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got to be better either because of either because of the podcast or because I'm on the Northeast regional rep or, you know, whatever. I'm like, man, I really have to like, you know, my, my buddies make fun of me for like, you know, being like the big smiley glad hander in the room. Right. Cause I like to make this, I like to make the rounds and get to see everybody. Cause I, mm-hmm. I just like people. Right. I'm the same um, way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Right. But I think that there's something to it where I don't, I don't want to feel as if I have to, I got, I got a story that really here, like right? dovetails nicely with what you just said. And it's an example of what not to do. And it wasn't me, you know, before, <laughs> it makes it better. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me. I kind of like, this is kind of, you know, a lot of what you said resonated. I, so I was playing in a doubles event with a friend of mine and, you know, at the time, Kings of War wasn't my main game. We were playing a lot of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. And my 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 friend that I was playing with, you know, really enjoyed this podcast, went up and introduced himself to the, you know, to the host. It was just like this really awkward experience. The impression I got from the, the, the host was, hey, look, cool, nice to meet you, but I don't have time for you. After the fact, you know, talking to my friend, like that really bothered him that he took the time to introduce himself and tell right. the person what a great right. and he was. And if we ask the question, what do we owe the community? You know, we asked, we're asked to do two things. Number one, we should be honest, <laughs> right? Because if you're not honest, then you're, it's, not, you're yeah. not doing anybody any service. And the second thing is be helpful. You know, helpful for me is when a random person that I've never met before DMs me and says, hey, I'm working on a salamander list. Can you give me some tips? I'm right. happy to say, look, I don't play salamanders, but I know a really good salamander I know a guy. Player, yeah, exactly. And let's let's right. put you in contact with them and let's see if they can't help you build this list. Right. And I've done that hundreds of times and I'm happy to do it. Or hey, what events are in my in my area? Where do you live? Great, how's the scene? Let's let's have a let's have a dialogue, right? So you know, it, it's really about just making yourself accessible. As Jeremy will tell you, being your authentic self, right? Which right. means being honest. Because if you don't, if if you don't, if you're not honest, everything else falls. Well, apart. you lose you lose your credibility, and then no one yeah. gets about what you have to say anyway. I mean, it really comes from this idea that I should always do more, right? And I and now it's to the point where I have no I I don't have enough time where I can barely do the stuff that I do well and that's that's I have to recalibrate my life a little bit but the thing that the thing a way that it, it expresses itself with me is like for years I'm the Northeast Regional Rep but there's no events in Albany and everybody's like when are you going to run an event man when are you going to run an event Albany's fantastic when are you going to run an event and I was like I don't know I can't I just we we don't have a venue I don't have the money we don't have the way 
but I'm constantly like all those years being like, I really should be doing this. I really should be doing this. Like I, I have the ability. I really should be just putting the time in. Let's go. Right. Um, and so in that instance, I'm like, do I owe that as a community builder? Am I, what do I owe the community for that? Right. It's just that when you wear these hats, it's like, what? And after a while, it's like, well, if not me, then who? And it's, and, and I have a fantastic team of dudes that would just do it. Right. And how much of that is on me and how much of that is on us as a, as a, as a community? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, you bring up an interesting point, which is like, you can't be all people to everyone is that you really do have to have like a team. Oh yeah. I know. I, I feel that here I am. I'm on this podcast. I'm the region rep for the West coast and I have no local scene at all where I live. So a part of me is like, Jeremy, why aren't you running demos? Why aren't you doing this? Yeah, you call yourself out the store. What are you doing? Yeah, right? you call yeah. yourself a community guy and you ain't doing anything. But then I, I think to myself, it's like, well, I have the show. Uh, I have my region rep. I try to support as much p- growth uh, on a more uh, country level, you know, as opposed to local level. And I used to feel really guilty about it. But then, like you said, I have a really strong team. I got Brenton. I got Rashad. I got a uh, the nick and blake and reno and i've tried to 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 build my community not just through my own actions but but creating the framework of how are we going to treat each other how are we going to be how are we going to be in our region how are we going to be kind generous and gracious towards each other so i try to lead as much as i can from the meta principles of what are the the, what's the dna what is what are what's going to be the chromosomes of our community Right, And then try to be an advocate for that and then let that hopefully create enough positive energy that the spaces that are being created by other people within my community still fit within the sort of framework of what I envision right. our region right. to be. Yeah, I see that. I totally see that. It's, um, it's, it's, it's funny because on, on my end, when it comes to even when we send our master's team, we never go trying to be the master, uh, the best region. Right. We never, we never compete for that. We always want to be the Paragon region. Right. I want to, I want us to be, I want my team to be the total package. Right. Every year. And the team, I'm, everybody up here kind of buys into that. Right. You know, I mean, yes, we have the master. Everyone call. I knew Keith was going to win this year. Keith was like the UB God. I was like, you guys don't know. You, if you don't know, he's here to let you know. Right. And so it was, it was awesome. But from a regional perspective, we're looking to be the Paragon. And we've always established, I want us to be the best sports region. First and foremost, I want people to go, oh, these dudes, awesome, right? I, I want that. I want us to be the in the top two or three for paint every year. No thanks to me, but I bring, I mean, we have some talented bros up here, right? And I, the gaming will follow. The gaming will be fine, right? The, the gaming will be fine. But you get those two other things, and then it's, it's, it's a win. It's a win for community building, and that's what we want up here, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm, I'm totally on board with it, Jeremy, and what you're saying. And as far as the like the show aspect of it, I view I love doing the show. It's super fun. It has allowed me to like get to know people from all over the world, and so I I try to think about everything that it's it's given me to take part in it. Yeah, and I enjoy it, and I feel like it's my contribution. And then when we do episodes, I in my head I'm not even really. Th- I hope people like it, but I have no expectation. So then that right. way. When, when I'm putting shows out there, I hope people like it, but I'm not thinking about how many people are listening it or whatever. So then that way, when, it, when I meet someone at a tournament who listens to the show, 
I'm just like, oh man, thank you. Like I'm actually really like, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm like, wow, surprised and, and yeah, <laughs> gratified. Right? It's like, oh, yeah, awesome, I'm like, cool, wow, right? someone listens to this stuff because yeah. I don't. I try not to think about that because I try to do the shows that I would want to listen to. That's my only guiding star is right. when we create when we you create content content to maintain the authenticity. There's the two things like what Rob said is you got to be honest. Like when we don't like yeah. something on the show or we don't like something that Mantic does or whatever, we will tell you that we don't like it. Or if we do like something, we'll say we do like it. So it's like I need to say what I believe. And then also I need to talk about topics that are interesting to me. And it may not be interesting to you. That's why I know a lot of people when they come to our show, maybe they'll listen to every other week's episode. Because an episode will pop up for that week that's not really their their bag. And that's that's totally fine. Um, And again, if you don't like an episode, we appreciate your feedback. You know, please tell us. But in the end, the the only guiding star I have is, is to do the stuff that I'm interested in and then just try to be myself as much as possible. And if people want to listen, great. If not, then, you know, it's still fun to make the episodes. Agreed. Right. It's, it's funny because it, I say it's funny. That's my crush this week. Anyway. So over at unplugged, it's, it really, we, we get together and we'll, I just get to talk to one of my three best friends and shoot the breeze with them for a couple hours. And if other people are listening in in our hobby chat, then that's cool. Like it, literally that's all it is. Right. Is what are you reading? I'm interested in what you're reading. And maybe I'll pick that up too. Oh, that's cool. Right. Oh, you watch this TV show and you watch this nerd thing and you play some Kings of War and that didn't go so good. And let me know how your tournament experience was. And yay, Jake, you won crossroads. Right. But it's like we talk. It gives me an opportunity to hang out with people. And if, if, if other people want to listen to that and they like it, awesome. Right. And if not, I gotcha. It's cool. Right. That's cool too. We're not for everybody. We're for us. Yeah, and you I know? think all us content creators listen to each other's stuff. I mean, totally. I know I, I listen to Unplugged, and I tell you, like, when you guys have a really killer episode that for me hits all my buttons, I really try. And that's another th- good thing to, to to always try to do, which is acknowledge the the other things that people do is yes. great. You know, so I try to tell you guys or I'll message Jake and be like, oh, wow, this was a really interesting episode. Or like the episode Jake and Rob did on video games, I thought was really cool. So it's super same, cool. Yeah, it's, just, it's it's the same thing, which is even though we're creating content somewhat within our silos, I feel like the content creators for Kings of War, again, are part of another family. Totally. And the more that we work together and I really respect you guys because and we've talked a lot about this us on Countercharge. We try to give you guys credit for like a very like if we start having an unplugged type conversation, (laughs) we try to give you guys a shout out, right? Because you you have your voice, you have your style, we have our voice, and we have our style. And that I I truly believe that that rising tides lift all boats. That success is not finite. Just because you have success doesn't mean that you're taking success away from me. We can learn from each other. We can grow. And, and the more content creators doing stuff for Kings, the bigger and better the game will be. So it's ridiculous for us not to support each other. Agreed. Totally agreed. I, um, I, I do find, however, in comparison to, and I, I, you guys won't, this is just for me, I think, just based on the things that I'm doing. I do find that when it comes to like the podcast, I'm pretty laissez-faire. I'm like, yeah, we, we, I think we do good work. And I think that we're, we're mildly interesting. And, you know, thanks for listening. I get really, and I don't really care about the numbers and stuff. But when I write an article for Dash 28, I'm like, how many hits did that get? How many reads did I get? What's going on over there? Because it's it's a different it's a different expression for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't have the same in that I'm actually like, here's a well-reasoned out opinion or a story, and I want to see if I'm touching a nerve with people. 
it's it's a different way to express yeah. my I opinions mean, about the hobby, right? That makes sense. I know on some episodes, Rob, you know, the ones that like the army reviews are the ones that you've spent six, seven hours editing. Those yeah. are the ones that I probably do care. That people, yeah, that people, absolutely. You know, yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like the ones that you've yeah. really put work into, those I care a little bit more. And I'll be like, hey, Rob, did you listen to that episode? What'd you think? Or, or like um, our other buddies, I'll be like, oh, check out this week's episode. I'm curious to hear your feedback because you do really invest a huge chunk of your life into that yeah i mean you, you burn a day and a half worth of work and it's like what you know it's like if, if i make a thanksgiving dinner and i'm like do you like the turkey how's the turkey gravy good how about <laughs> right. the potatoes right it's, just, it's funny though it's right oh. you wrapped a present and, and you just can't wait for them to open it right you know what i mean you're just like Did you exactly open it, open it yeah what would you cool? think which was what awesome think now yeah it was cool exactly yeah right. yeah yeah right it's funny so, it's funny so, so that that actually segues over. I, I just we're, we've been at this now for about two hours, and people are probably tired of me. So, I'm going to cover two other things just mm-hmm. real quick, if that's okay. Yeah. The first one is I have that exact same feeling. So, right now, with the I'm going to go back to the book. So, for any of the listeners that don't know, I I, I wrote a novel for Wing to Star Publishing. Um, the draft title is called Honor's Price. It's it's about dwarves. Um, go figure. I'm pretty happy with the fact that I wrote a novel. Um, I had a couple people look it over. Uh, some people that are really, uh, really great with the genre or writers themselves. And they, I, I got some really good feedback and uh, it, it should be good. Right. So just recently I, I shared it with another person in the community. Um, I said, Hey man, you know, you're, you're a dwarf player, you know, the dwarf floor, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And he said, okay, cool. And I sent it to him a couple of days ago. And I want to, even now I want to be like, should you look at it yet? How about now? Should you look at it now? What about now? Should you look at the first chapter? Just let me know if you let me know when you read the first chapter. I just want to know what you, you know, I'm so nervous and excited, right? I'm so excited for people to like read what I wrote, the story that I that my understanding of of uh of dwarves and kings of war. And I wrote, I think, a pretty interesting and cool story. And I want other people to read it and sit put after they get done reading the book. I set the bar nice and low. I want to put it down and go, I was all right. I wasn't a waste of my life. Like I'm really, and I think it's better than that. Right. But yeah. you know, it's, I love my own work obviously, or, you know, until someone, well, it, know, it's but, why all content creators do what they do. Right. It's yes. Fun, yeah. Right. It's fun. And, and, and you would be lying if there's not a piece of ego there. Right. Like there's yes, you know, totally. Right. Totally. Right. That's why I say, like, you know, I say that, Oh, it's my community service and blah, blah, blah. And that's true. I mean, that's not untrue. But there is always that thread that you want people to like what you do. Right. And I found that you – so it's like I, I, I hold that within me, but I try not to let that desire shade my choice, my creative choices. Agreed. But right. I still try to stay true creatively to what I think is interesting and, and still hope people like it. But I try not to be like, well, I should say this, but what if I say this? Maybe I should say this. Someone might like, you know. So I think it's 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 the knife's edge that yeah. you walk. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for me is, and this I'm going to bring it all the way back to the the original question because I, like I said, I don't think that we use the right word when we say what do we quote unquote owe the community, but what are our responsibilities to the community when you are a presence within the community, and it could be anybody. And at some level, it's like give people a good game and make 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 uh, make tournaments and events inviting for new players. For people like us, it's like give people the time. Uh, if you know of a resource, make sure that you can. Sh- you, you, we're pastors, like we know a lot of people. So somebody goes, "Hey man, what about Salamanders?" You're like, "I'm not the guy, but I know the guy. Let me give you a second. I'll give you his number." Right. Right. That is the responsibility we have in order to make it grow. And part of that is how we how we play. 
part of that is how we pre- um, present ourselves. And part of that is how we create mm-hmm. the content and all that gets wrapped up into like helping. I believe in this community. I've been doing, I've been doing this forever. I love it. And I don't want it to stop. I don't want it to be taken over by grumps. I don't want it to be <laughs> negative. I want it to be a positive experience for as many people. And I want people to get the, the, the good stuff that I got out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I take that seriously, you know, I have it too. as like my driving factor in my life, which is leave the world a better place when you go than what it was when you first arrived. Yeah. So it's the same type of thing. It's like, I want the community to be, I want to make positive contributions to the community so that it's better for the next person who comes along than what it was when I first started. Yeah. I just try to let, let that be my North star. You know, yeah. If you think Absolutely. about it too, like we've got masters level. You, you, we we didn't really talk about the masters that much, but we have a, a group of people that go to these events every year, and they're kind of stewards in their own community. You know, right. in my mind, I find them synonymous with the Jedi. Like they're the best warriors in the galaxy. They're there to teach the young. They're the guardians of the galaxy. You know, right. um, I, I guess to wrap it all up, it's sort of like we all make our contributions, whether we're content creators, whether we're just high end masters players whether we're TOs or whether we're just a player. Don't think a player can't contribute. We all make contributions to the community. Circling back to what we talked about before, which is what's great about the community. We have an engaged community. There's a high proportion of people that are actually actively engaged and contributing. And that's what makes the the, the community great. A lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll think of the juxtaposition between like, like us and like, the X-wing scene or whatever, you know, and like, and and you can point to the negatives where, you know, we don't have situations where half the tournament drops after day one, when the people realize they can't win the tournament. No, it's like I see the, the symptoms of that, but I wonder, and I've never been part of that community, but I wonder what their community looks like. Do they have that level of engagement that we have where there's, there's a holistic approach to the game. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh no, I think rambling Rossi, hit it, but Rossi, Rossi mm-hmm. hit on it earlier, which is we very much have this sort of what came first, the chicken or the egg thing with Kings of War is do we is Kings of War a great game because we have a great community, or do we have a great community because Kings of War is a great game? And I think there's some right. some circular yeah, yeah, there's some circular that is that the very foundation at foundational aspects of Kings leads to certain types of gameplay, which then leads to certain types of players. And the players who want that gotcha moment or, or who love winning the game and list building or like that crunchy or whatever, I think some of those players maybe are playing other games that are more suited to that. Right. So I think in many ways, I, I've talked about it before, the, uh, the Kings of War is like the Goldilocks of games. Where it's not too small, not it's 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 just right in so many ways. <laughs> Absolutely, that that it, you know that I feel like we're we're really blessed and lucky to have found this game and this community. I think. Sure. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Awesome. I I totally agree. I say it on other podcasts. I'll say it on this one. This this game, this hobby, has brought me so many cool people, and opened up a lot of doors for me. And I think that it's 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 a blessing. No two ways yeah. about it, right? And if you approach it like that, then you you can't not be positive, right? Just how it is. Be careful. Yeah. You're you're st- you're getting into you. You may you may fall into a page neo uh, meme. It's fine. It's it mm-hmm. meme meme <laughs> shit out of me. It's totally fine. It's <laughs> after Masters knows T-shirts were made. It's, it's yeah, fine, that's right. Great. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. Just your it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. See, okay, let's talk about that real quick before we wrap up. Okay. It is nice. I'm going to say this. I try to be as selfless as possible 
but it isn't it does feel good when someone in the community memes you up or they do a t-shirt or you know you become no i mean so there are sort of like selfish things i guess as selfish as there is something nice about about that about people appreciating you and appreciating what you do is like, i don't think anyone is ever truly a hundred percent selfless i think we try our best to yeah. be but it is nice when someone's when you when you create something that someone likes i, I absolutely it, it, and being um it's funny because i think there's two thoughts there the first is when you create something and someone goes yeah i really like that please make more or keep doing what you're doing you're like yes Right. Because this is feeding my ego. It feeds ego a little bit. You're like, you know, I would hang out and do these things anyway. But to have someone go, wow, that was valuable. Thank you. I'm like, okay, well, now I just want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I know that I'm actually helping you and it's, it's, you know, this, there's, it's there. But when it comes to things like, I'll take the shirts, for example, that was awesome. I love those guys. I have no idea why they put my face on a shirt. I have no idea why they love me back. I have none. I don't. I love those guys so much, all of them for all different reasons. And I just, it amazes me that I am held in the same regard in a reciprocal fashion. It really does. And I don't know why. I think that's just something weird with my makeup, to be honest, you know, but I, I look and I go, wow, it's like Chris, Chris Murphy. I'll bring him up again. I gave him an awful game of Kings of War at Masters a couple of years ago. I gave him an awful one at Crossroads. Uh, he has a shirt with my face on it. Where's the justice in that? Right? Like, how does that work? How does that work? Right. I owe him more. You know, it's, it's that, that's how I approach it. It's, and that, I don't know where that comes from, but it, it's, uh, I will never be, I will never cease to be surprised at the regard, right. That I have with, with the community. It's amazing to me. Fine words to send us off. I guess. And you know, it's just uh, 101. As as you are the host of Countercharge, why don't you take us out? Thank you guys for uh, blowing a couple hours with me. Uh, I hope you guys had a great time with Rob and Jeremy. And um, until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.